I think it's time to grow this dream. Get everybody on the mics together. Okay, three, two, one podcast. Good evening, and welcome back to the Sudden But Inevitable Rebop, the podcast where we take two anime-resistant first-timers through the series Cowboy Bebop one or two episodes at a time. Now, of course, I am your host, Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Jesse. And joining me on this wonderful journey, as with every other week, is my wonderful co-host and anime veteran, Kylie. Kylie, how has your week been so far? Hello, it's been good. Um, you know, been anticipating slash dreading this day all week. Um, and just so excited to dive in. Trust me, I 100% agree with you. It's been a uh, quite the mix of emotions the like, last couple days leading up to this. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. With us, next to Ms. Kylie, as always, is the first of our anime-resistant first-timers, Josh, the head of the Twist My Arm Podcast Network and the host of the Twist My Arm Podcast. Josh, welcome back, and how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm sad that that's one of the last times I'm going to roll in like that. I really like the whole roll-in thing, you know? I really liked last week when you went Zoom, or maybe that was two weeks ago, but that was really, I don't know if cute is the word I'm looking for, but I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm i kind of hoping that the next season is still you and Kylie hosting, so I can still Zoom. So zooming in. That's now Josh's number one priority with a new show, is can I roll onto the screen when I am introduced? That's... Uh, <laughs> I think that's a requisite we can probably work with. That's not too I big of so. a demand. Yeah. So. If, if Ricky's the co-host, I'll just go to his house. Ricky? Ricky who? His... Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, our second of two anime-resistant first-timers. Is that the Ricky you're referring to? Whoa! Hi, Ricky Here D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. How's your week been? It's been a good week. I'm excited. I'm watching some good TV. How about that <sighs> cowboy bebop? How about that cowboy bebop, huh? Well, it's been a good week, and I am happy to be here. And we, my friend, are just beyond grateful to have you, as we are every week, of course. Now, that's usually it for us, folks. We're usually done introducing crew, but this week, that's not the case. This week, we are very excited and honored to welcome back the first ever guest for the sudden but inevitable rebop, Philip Krogmeyer. You may remember Philip Krogmeyer from his first appearance on our show, where some weather and some other stuff uh, conspired to make it not 100% ideal. But Philip, thank you so much for coming back. We are grateful to have you. How are you doing so far, man? Doing pretty well, Jesse. Thank you. Glad to be back. Look at that gear you guys are wearing over there. I just <laughs> got to point that out. Like Those say. hats are pretty tight. So, it's... I was Which one's upset. the real Ricky? <laughs> Which one? I was upset because the hat came, Ricky's hat came to our house um, when we ordered it, and I was so excited. I thought it was like for me. That's why, and she, I that's put why it I was on, open. And it wasn't for me. She like ripped like, it open and put it on. I'm like the well, fourth person like, to wear this hat, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Kylie, me, Jesse definitely wore it. I, I almost wore it. Um, 
I told Ricky D that as soon as I touched it, I thought to myself, oh, maybe Josh just forgot to drop this off, or maybe I mean Ricky wouldn't. Oh, nah, I, I got to give it to him. It's a beautiful hat. It's a mm-hmm. gorgeous, gorgeous design on the logo, if I may. So soft, and and so I do thick. love the the material is such a high quality. Like I was uh, kind of blown no, away. No joke on that high quality part. Yeah, this is easily oh, yeah. the nicest winter headgear I have ever owned. This is a nice hat. Touch we real. We, it's velour. It's velour. So I was going to say, <laughs> with Philip here, the rest of us can actually sort of take the week off because Philip knows everything ever. Every reference that we drop, every little tiny joke that I put, I've, I've seriously dropped one word references and Phil has picked them up. So get ready because this is going to be a fun show. Now, I'm going to have to deep dive into my like, I'm going to have to dive into my wealth of knowledge of let's try to trip philip today get it no i think i think that's my goal is to have everybody get puffed up yep yeah, he's not going to recognize at least one reference that i make now tonight. before we get into puffing up and uh, attempting to confound our guest which i don't know why we're doing that but <laughs> i do have to say hello good morning good evening thank you we can't live without you and you mean the world to us to the live chat that's rosie that's callie that's rona callie's mother i just want to say hello ladies i'm i'm so happy to have you with us uh looks like they're debating about which show we should watch next also looks like uh rosie is about to have a break from work which is good because they're short-staffed she's going to be learning photoshop next quarter that sounds really cool and they all want us to watch a show called Briscoe County Junior. That's actually true. Um, Sinisera and Rosie have both suggested that show for us. I'm going to take this time to say we have not officially decided what is going to be season three of Sudden But Inevitable, but there will be a season three of Sudden But Inevitable, and we anticipate there being a whole slew of bonus episodes between epi- uh, season two and season three while we figure out some production schedule stuff. Um, Because when you are an award-winning podcast, like we are here at Sudden But Inevitable, your fans start to uh, expect a certain level of quality. And if we can't put that out, we're going to feel bad. So we're going to work really hard on season three, and we're going to make it the best season of Sudden But Inevitable yet. So we need time to do that. But don't worry. We're on it. Now, I don't actually have any corrections from last week. I don't have any admonishments to make, but if I'm not mistaken, our very dear, wonderful friend and guest Cameron from last week does have something he'd like to share with us before we get into this week's episodes. Josh, if you wouldn't mind, take it away. Well, hey there, space cowboys and girls. Uh, it's Cameron. Uh, you may remember me as uh, your guest from last episode. Thanks again for having me on. Uh, it was a blast, and thanks again for getting me to rewatch Cowboy Bebop. Now, since we last talked, I've been thinking about my review for Brain Scratch. Well, I've been thinking about Brain Scratch the episode specifically, and I kind of had some revelations about it I hadn't previously made. Um, I suddenly realized the obvious connection between Londis's railing against the weakness of the flesh and blood and bone of the body and the reality that he was in a coma with no use of his body. Uh, duh, that suddenly makes, that would kind of make a whole lot more sense to me. I also realized the subtle genius of having the cult's brainwashing tool being a video game and then finding out Londis is actually a child was kind of a cool twist. Um, it just kind of connected things a lot more than I had previously made connections for, and maybe I wasn't giving the writing quite enough credit. 
Uh, all this is to say that I come to you, to your voicemail, hoping that I can officially raise my rating to 7.5. That's it. <laughs> That's it. On to the finale. Great job, guys. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Cameron from Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. As captain, I must say, yes, you are allowed to change your rating, and I will go ahead and bump it for you to a 7.5. That having been said, I don't have any of the math left, so I don't know what that does. Um, <laughs> but I'll go back, and then in Woo! post for this show, this part will actually be going, that brings our episode rating for Brain Scratch up to an 8.2. So, <laughs> yeah. If nobody Thanks, else. Cameron. Has anything else that they need to share from the last week or any corrections or anything like that? Does anybody have any of that stuff? Ne- negative, Captain. Nope. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, as Rosie said in the chat, dreading, yes, the end. And I am. But I had so much fun with these two episodes, and I have had a blast with you guys all season, and I want to jump right into this, Kylie. Just give us a synopsis for these two episodes as a whole, because it's definitely one story. Break it down. Give us any fun facts you'd like to. And then I would, if you don't mind, I would like to immediately hand it to Josh and get your, just your first reaction. Josh, how are you feeling at the end of the series? Take it away, Kylie. Cool. Okay. So part one, violence erupts on the streets of Tharsis. The Red Dragon Crime Syndicate is in the middle of a secession war. And many, um, many old scores are being settled. And then as we segue into part two, Spike finally finds wo- the woman he's been searching for, and Faye makes a surprising return to the bebop. With the syndicate in hot pursuit, Spike seeks to end the reign of Vicious. Um, so a couple, couple fun facts here. Um, the title, The Real Folk Blues, um, is obviously the title of the, you know, the outro of the, the series. Um, but what The Real Folk Blues is, is a compilation of um, albums between 1965 and 67 by Chess Records. And that's like your jazz people and your your folk and um, like Muddy Waters and stuff. So that's kind of fun. Um, and then Jet's story, he's talking about the snows of Kilimanjaro. Um, and and that's, it's a little bit nerdiness in me, but uh, Ernest Hemingway is actually one of my favorites. And that's a short story by him. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of fun. And then um, I, I did have to look this one up, but Julia's car, super sweet, right? So cool. <laughs> um, so I, apparently it's a 1948 Tucker tor- Torpedo, mm-hmm. um, but no convertible version has ever been, you know, drafted or made or found or anything like that. So that's kind of fun. Um, but the Tucker Torpedo was the first very advanced for its time kind of thing. Um, so I guess that would be why it's probably in there. And then other than that, um, carry that weight is a uh, reference at the very end. And that is the final track on Abbey Road by the Beatles announcing that they broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, this is, um, this is just a fun fact about just the whole series. Um, this is the only episode that doesn't have the intro and outro and there's only four songs in the episode as opposed to, you know, Numerous. 11. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> so so fun stuff there. Pieces of 11 different songs, yeah. Uh, right, right, yeah. So let's go to Josh right away, and then we'll definitely go to Ricky right away. But Josh, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, you said to me, if we get to the end of this series and Spike dies, I'm going to be so mad. But then when I 
was reading through all the stuff that you were talking about the show in the group chat, I was like, I think Josh is fully accepting of this one season serialized, this is a complete story. I don't know if that's exactly where you're at, but please, how are you feeling, man? That is exactly where I'm at. Um, yeah, I was like a little passionate about that for sure. Um, but after watching it and seeing it all play out, it was definitely a a good a good ending to the story. You know what I mean? And and like you said, the serialized aspect of it, I love that that whole part of it. And for it to just end like that, he's, I mean, and technically he didn't like die. You don't really. There's not like official word on that. I mean, you could really, if you wanted to do a season two, you could do a season two and bring right. him back. Could be open interpretation. Right. So it's, I thought it was a, a wonderful ending. I thought the, like, it was kind of a, it was poetic at the end. Um, as far as, you know, he finally concluded his journey and yeah. he was, and it was all just a dream and he was finally able to wake up from that dream and I thought that was I thought it was really really good. Um, I definitely was not as upset as I was about Wash. <laughs> um, I'm still I still I, I'm in this brown coats group on Facebook, and I yep. still go in there. I'm just so bitter. And they're always posting really nasty jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I have to go I, in and be like, "You guys are horrible." <laughs> you need to get me into this brown coat group because mine is way too vanilla. <laughs> I need to get some of those. Nasty firefly jokes. God, they're they're I don't know, man. So they're brutal about it. How sometimes. do reavers how do reavers clean their spears? <laughs> Through the wash. The wash. <laughs> yep. And it's one yep. of those jokes that you don't get to tell until you've healed emotionally. And then you're like, I'm gonna drop this out to somebody and it's gonna be great. So I don't who think else can I devastate emotionally today? Exactly. <laughs> I and that was I, I've stated multiple times that was the explicit purpose of season one of sudden but inevitable was to like wrap josh into this thing and then see if he would still be my friend after (laughs) (laughs) he finished watching the movie so it worked i I figured it out he was like he was like i can end our friendship with this right here (laughs) but then it backfired no no no. now we have to do three seasons it's (laughs) it's more of a it's more of a um what's the word it's not a test it's a reaffirmation it's a it's like I'm pretty sure we can get through this now because I think there are times in Josh and I's relationship where had we watched Firefly together, we wouldn't be friends anymore after that because we didn't have the solid base to build from. So that having all been said, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, you've gotten to the end of your first anime. It, How are you feeling, man? Was this... I, I My immediate thought, honestly, when I was watching the first part of this was... Ricky D is probably kicking himself right now because he knows there are shows out there that he probably missed. Is that true or am I reaching? You know, that is true. And I was kind of thinking about the art styles and you said a little while ago that anime is more of a medium than it is a genre. And I agree with that. Um, But I also think there's this like fairly distinct wedge in anime that kind of differentiates some of the shows that look like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh and Naruto and these really brightly colored anime and then there's these really dark animes with these very dark color palettes and lots of violence and 
not all of that happiness that comes along with some of those other ones. It's a sunrise and, animation thing too. The darkness and you yeah. might just like certain things. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Which is ironic so, considering they're called sunrise. <laughs> right, true. So there are some other animes. I've still got that. Like when you say, hey, do you want to watch an anime? I'm like, I still kind of get that weird icky feeling. <laughs> but then I'm like, you know, what about Death Note or Evangelion? Yeah. Gundam. I've seen them Helsing. floating around Phil's bookshelf, yeah. for example. Most of, most of that that we just listed is totally Sunrise, just saying. Yeah, so... Phil, are you hearing this, man? Are you as excited as I am? Oh, there gosh. are a couple different shows that I wouldn't <laughs> mind, you know, kind of peering into. I need to finish Attack on Titan, because that was another anime that I... I do, too. No spoilers. One. I don't I, know... Well, I only watched, like, the first five episodes. Okay. Okay. It's a long time It ago. actually still has, like, another half season to yes. go yeah. before keep... the anime finishes running. And that oh, wow. one's okay. so dark and but weird. Totally. The manga, was... the manga awesome. wrapped up within the last year, and oh, it wow. was... I have to have a guide for that show because I'm like, what part are they releasing? If I watch now, am I going to be mad when I get to the end of that because there's not another episode for six months? And my guide, whose name is Travis, is always like, yep, you need to wait until this day and then it will all be there. like, thank you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Callie D says, Death Note, Ricky, Death Note. Other classics, though, like I think Ricky would like hate Inuyasha. I don't think that that would be his speed at all. Well, but, you no. know? So here's Yu Hakusho. So here's the thing. Yu Yu Hakusho you might actually really like that one. Yeah. So here's the thing, Ricky D and Kylie. Um, I think now that Ricky is fully on board with the anime as a medium concept, we just have to find shows in his genre. And we know that he likes um, crime stories, mobster stories, noir, detective stuff. Emotional movies. Yeah, like all that kind of stuff. Um, He's got, you know, some proclivities toward um, probably not hard sci-fi, but not, you know, like super fantastical sci-fi either. Um, But Ricky D, I can't tell you how much it means to me to hear me say, to hear you say that you've got like new appreciation for it and potential uh, willingness to check out other shows because... That was kind of my point for you for this season of SBI was like, I bet you there are other shows that you would love if you were willing to try to love them. And it sounds like Phil knows exactly what show we should give you next or maybe what next three shows we should give you to watch and talk about. (laughs) We should we should start an anime chat, you guys. I really think we should. So I'd be down with that. And I'm on board with Ricky as well because I was very. You know, I've watched the classics and a few episodes of certain things here and there, but I never really finished them up. So I I think it's. uh, I hope neither of you take this the wrong way. But in general, I assume that Josh will watch things I suggest to him. Not not like everything I suggest he'll watch. I just mean like Josh feels more open to suggestion of things to check out because you guys watch like a million movies. You watch two movies a day. You watch full <laughs> series by the time I've seen you or talked to you the last time. Like, So I feel like Josh is generally pretty open to recommendations, whereas Ricky D is more like myself, where I'm like, yeah, eh. that's that's great input. And then I'm never going to watch the thing that you just suggested. So um, so to hear some some progress with Ricky D kind of gives me hope for myself, you guys. And if, if we can all give each other hope, and that's... That was not an intended effect, but dang, that's I pretty cool. I never intended to give anybody hope. <laughs> we, I think we know that, Ricky D. <laughs> it's true. Now, I would like to please open the floor for Phil, because Phil, I know that for you, Cowboy Bebop is 
I don't know what the word is for it. I know that you're probably the biggest Cowboy Bebop fan on the screen right now. Like, I love this show. It has given me new connections with my found family here on the screen, and I love it, and I'll always enjoy it. But you have an entirely separate history with it and your whole own fandom. So just start at the top. What do you love so much about Cowboy Bebop? And then say whatever you like about these two episodes. This is a very free-form episode, you guys. (laughs) So, I mean... Coming back to Bebop pretty much any time I do is like going back to see an old friend. Yeah. You know, it, it is a familiar series. It's one I can have on in the background that I don't have to pay super close attention to, but it's always fun whenever I tune back into it. Um, these two episodes specifically absolutely broke me the first time I watched them. Because I I wasn't ready for it to end. <laughs> and, you know, now, even still going back through, I was taking notes going through both episodes the other day. And I had to stop for like the last third of session 26 and just let it go. Yep. And just watch it all in one. And then double back <laughs> to go get my notes on it. Because it was just, it was just as beautiful as I remembered it. Yeah, that's where I was at. Honestly, I've seen these two episodes three times this week. Yeah, it was it was like first time through. I made two notes the first time I watched the first two episodes. One note per episode both times, and then I was like, I have to watch these again. And I, the way that, okay, so sort of from the beginning here, like we have these these episodes have some shootouts, right, and. We, I feel like this is the most visceral um, version of a Spike shootout that we've gotten, where we're almost seeing his shots fired before he takes aim. I feel like I could feel the gun swinging in his hand when he noticed that Jet got shot in the leg, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he fired and then turned to make sure that he had fired in the right direction, and it just... Oh, yeah. I felt like I had a controller in my hand or something, and I was, (laughs) like, feeling that weight and the swivel, and it was... It's because of the way it's shot. Now, to that point... Actually, really quickly, let me go back to Josh's point from when he started. I know that they don't actually specifically have a character say, okay, Spike's dead, right? But they do have a mystic... They do have the mystic explain the stars going out and coming on to Jet. And then at the very end of the credits, after it's panned all the way up into space, that star goes out. The star goes out. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I must have missed that part. Yeah. Uh, Now. Okay. Okay. Now, Vicious, also probably dead, right? Yeah, so So, then that's the thing. Does the star go for both of them, or is it just one of them? Or is it a binary star? Are we seeing from too far away? Is it a? Is it a? Yeah, it. You're right that there's some room for interpretation. Are they a dyad in the anime, and they're both (laughs) one person? And well, I thought there was going to be a season three, but uh... (laughs) (laughs) I I just no, 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 no. You're good. I Rise of Skywalker was an awful film. Um, but to your point, Josh, yes, there probably is this much room left for interpretation. I felt that they wanted to put that light out just to kind of drive it home and not in like a mean way or in like a hopeless way, but in like a, that was the story we were telling way, Mm -hmm. right? 
And Ricky D yeah. had mentioned last week, like it almost feels like I've never seen another show that was so correctly, perfectly conceived as a single season or mm. one total arc. I don't think I've even seen a multi-season show necessarily that I would say was perfectly conceived all the way through. The, the New Castlevania, it definitely feels like they went for a four-part story and they executed on all levels, and I enjoyed the heck out of that. Um, but, I mean, that's it's a different era. They've got more money. There's all kinds of reasons that it's not necessarily the same, right? I feel like Cowboy Bebop, and feel free to agree or disagree with me, anybody, but I feel like this is... I, this isn't a new thing to say, but um, Josh and Ricky, having experienced it for your first time, can you see why this is like the thing? The anime. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is the anime that you use to make people like anime. Like, do you get it? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, and anyone I ever talk to is, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm doing Cowboy Bebop for the podcast. And they're like, what? It's oh, so cool. Like, Today, I asked a buddy at work, uh, conveniently enough, I was like, hey, so you know we're doing this Bebop thing. Um, we're looking for a copy of the movie. You don't happen to have one. He's like, I do. It's somewhere. It's yes. somewhere in my closet, in my house. I'm, I'm going to find it. And I was like, oh, that's that's wonderful. He's like, I freaking love that show. I can't get enough of it. I was like, cool. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and that's what I was thinking, too, putting out some feelers. Somebody's got to have that movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Phil, do you have a copy of the Cowboy Bebop movie? I don't actually. Oh. I, I know. Womp. I know. I know. No, it's money on that. No, the point though <laughs> is that to Josh's point, it's a difficult thing to find. Like we've been we've been looking for it for a week, and we feel like we may have found it, but there's like no official channel. Like we found a few on eBay. Go ahead, Phil. Uh, I was gonna say, however, uh, Ricky, I think it was like our freshman, maybe sophomore year. Mm-hmm. There was a poster sale. In the uh, university center, mm-hmm. I have snagged a big old theatrical release poster from the oh, movie. Oh, nice! So that's floating around here somewhere. Nice, that is cool. Not the movie, <laughs> not a copy of the movie, but close. That's I mean, it's cool. close. Yeah. Though. It'd be good to see again, though. So I guess the next test. This that reminded me, Phil, of a of a thing that I as a huge unabashed nerd just have such love for yes and i feel like this might be the time that we can introduce josh and ricky d to these but anime music videos there are some seriously very well cut um cowboy bebop johnny cash matchups that are quite choice if i may say so myself and i'm not i'm not the kind of you know i'm not the kind of person to go you have to watch this youtube channel i watch this youtube channel please watch this youtube channel like i don't i try not to do that right i will recommend music videos music playlists um that kind of thing to people but i will i will try not to over be overbearing with my youtube suggestions i want to say hello to ryan archuleta in the chat he says best flicks hats for Ricky and <laughs> Phil. I just, one of my favorite parts of having Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D on the crew, other than the sheer chaotic, mirthless charm that he brings, <laughs> is the actual 
outpouring of love that surrounds him despite his carefully crafted persona of anti-socialism. It's just... <laughs> totally. I love it, you guys. It's a beautiful thing. We have a found family here at SBI, and they're in the chat, and I'm, I'm just... I love it so much. So... Uh, just to Kylie... say, Ryan from the chat, he is going to be on an episode of Best Flicks this weekend. Ooh. What? Awesome. What did you guys yeah. discuss, if I may? Tease the people, Ricky D. Uh, we did Bad Trip. It's a new Netflix movie. It's oh. kind of like a prank movie. Yeah, yeah. It, you could almost compare it to Borat. <laughs> of course, Josh but, has uh, seen it's it. Got, okay. It's starring Eric Andre. Josh has seen it? I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. I hate Eric Andre. Like, with a oh, okay. oh, man. <laughs> uh, but it's got a lot of really funny pranks. They draw in just random civilians and get them in on the pranks and just kind of mess with their head. And it's a lot of fun. That stuff gives a, me anxiety. It it, it's definitely possible to give you anxiety like that. Yeah. I know a lot of people had that issue with Borat. They just didn't like having regular civilians kind of drawn in and messed with. But it, See, I, it gets some good laughs. I like that kind of stuff. I, I don't I don't know. I don't like the Eric Andre show. Mm-hmm. I can't do like Impractical Jokers. Yeah, or... I, I mean, oh, oh, I Borat is great. Impractical Jokers is. Impractical I, Jokers I, I, is a terrible franchise. <laughs> yeah, it's made I, for the worst, dumbest people. I would not go that far because there are some things that I enjoy that are pretty basic and like dumb or like if you examine them from an objective level. I but, love American Ninja Warrior. But personally, <laughs> I like in my opinion, that show sucks. And I'm not saying anybody who likes it sucks. I'm just saying I don't like it. Um, I did kind of people. <laughs> I did like the Ashton Kutcher show. What was that one? Oh, uh, Punk? Punk. That one was uh, good. That was celebrities see, though. Yeah, but still, I mean the some of the pranks are crazy. I don't know. Sorry, we're getting on off on tangents here. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. So we have we have a lot we have like I said before, we have multiple shootouts in these two episodes. Um knowing that this came out just before The Matrix, right? You start to see some of the anime influences in Matrix if you go look at late 90s anime, really kind of from anywhere. But in in this episode, You've got a hotel lobby. You've got a lot of pillars that people are dodging and hiding behind. You know, there's an elevator. I just, it's once you see where the DNA for all that stuff comes from, it, I, I feel like you, it puts it where you can either go, oh, they ripped that off and whatever. Right. Or you can go, oh, cool. The, the, the pieces of this story can always be the same, but the angles that we look at them with can be a little bit different. You know, I mean, just the very casual start of the real folk blues and then Spike lazily just tipping a grenade with the, the front of his shoe into the That was the like one of my favorite parts. That's like, so man. impossibly That's when, when casual came, cool. When you came down the stairs and I laughed, that was what I was laughing at, was him just kicking the grenade. The I was grenade like, oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. And it was like, it was so... Um, uh, nonchalant and relaxed. You know, he was just like, this is what I, he wasn't doing it to be cool. He was just doing it because, oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> I know I'm the worst. I'm so sorry. You're a everybody. terrible person, Ricky D from <laughs> Best Flicks with Ricky D. Rosie in the chat. I love Impractical Jokers. Four friends challenge each other and it's hilarious. It makes me laugh. I told you, Rosie, I would not go so far as to say anybody that likes that show has something wrong with them because some of the stuff I like is dumb. And that right there, Ricky D, is why you don't do stuff like that. Please direct all of your ire towards me. <laughs> all on me. Should we ban him for five seconds? Okay. Ban so for, for me, <laughs> the the cinematic equivalent to um, Spike like just 
tapping that grenade with his foot is please remove any metallic items to be carrying keys, loose change. <laughs> yeah. And then Neo opens his car, his coat and the guard goes, Holy shit. Like <laughs> to me, that's the same moment. Like this guy gives no F's. He is about to tear this building apart floor by floor to get to the top. Like it's just, what is it about an office building, you guys? What is it about floor by floor carnage that makes for such good cinematic? And everything, it's it's great. I agree. Nobody enjoys being in an they, office building. I, I think, think watching it be destroyed is half the yeah, fun. Probably office buildings is. kind of represent a type of imprisonment for. You know, I'm kind of the middle class. Mm-hmm. So true. And did you not go to like, you know, work with your, you know, on a weekend with your mom or whatever and play cubicle wars with your siblings and <laughs> stuff? Like, come on. <laughs> My dad worked at a big factory with huge machines and he was like, you stay across that yellow line, you might die. You might die. <laughs> I grew up on a farm. I got to drive the big machines. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. I did want to kind of talk about that. Like, Spike was seemed to be thrilled to go tear apart that building like when when he's talking to uh, uh jet when he goes back to jet after julia dies and he goes back to the the bebop and he's like eating with her with jet and then runs into Faye and she has her her uh point break moment where she's shooting the gun up at the ceiling and like <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah but i feel like he was he was so at peace with everything and when he was going up to that building he was just kind of toying around like he was just having a good time knowing that he was going to massacre every single person in that building and get to the boss fight and wreck vicious i i I really i really enjoyed that part of it because spike was always kind of annoyed with things through the series and even at the beginning of this this here, when he was annoyed with the women aspect, when he you know, oh they're gone, oh, blah, blah, blah. it's always been there's always been you know trouble, and and now at the end he's like, meh, this is good, this seems good, we can go out like this. Yeah, I I I don't know. It makes me he, appreciate Spike. The way Rosie put it in the chat was definitely at peace, a man on a mission, and he's always been yeah. zen. Whatever happens, happens, right? We know that with Spike. But yeah, for sure. But it was more so in this. Yeah, like. in, and in this episode, it was like, it was like Faye, Faye was sitting there calling him on his hypocrisy, right? She's like, seriously, what are you doing? Like, you're always talking about let the past go. You got to, like, come, this is your advice, dude. And he's like, yeah, that's how you know it's right, because mm-hmm. I am living that, and- I refuse to break the cycle. Like he, he's like, he's at this, he goes, whatever happens happens, but he knows that this is a moment of fate and that Mm -hmm. he's going to go play into this moment of fate regardless, despite having said his whole life, whatever happens happens. He fully knows what is awaiting him at the top of this office building. And I love, I love the kind of going, going back in time moments in this too. I would love to see oh, a little more of that in the live action. I, I you know, because because it seems like, I mean, obviously, Vicious and Spike worked together. They were partners. They were really yeah. good together. Obviously, Julia and Spike had a thing. They were, you know, laying in each other's arms and and like in love and and I just I kind of I would like to see more of 
those stories, you know, and, and see yeah. why it comes back full circle. What happened with them? Well, I'm wondering if maybe Spike and Vicious fell out over because of Julia. Right. Like, it all... <laughs> I mean, I mean that would make sense, and and I would lo- I would love to see that story. You know, I mean it, it might not ever happen, but that's just me, and I'm, I I imagine that story in my head of how how cool it would be to see Spike and Vicious going on this on these missions because Vicious is just that he's crazy, he's vicious, and he will do whatever it takes. Where Spike is a little more grounded, and I would love to see the 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 interactions of that and how you know vicious would be like well, let's just cut his throat and spike's like yeah maybe let's pull it back a little bit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's up creepo uh so yeah. i th- those are beautiful wonderful excellent points and i can only help but uh, i can't help but wonder like we did last week are we going to get some of that in the live action series do we think to pad their episode count and to keep us there as long as possible because Cowboy Bebop was originally conceived as one season, right? We have yep. to imagine that the remake is conceived as keep you here as long as possible, I would think. Because yeah, I don't know that I've seen something maybe outside of Lovecraft Country in the last 10 years that was actually live action TV designed to be one story and then done. Um, uh, I mean, outside of anthology things like true detective right. or uh, yeah. american horror story american horror or, story yeah I mean, right. breaking bad was only meant to be a certain amount of seasons community was only supposed to be six seasons in a movie six seasons in a yeah. movie but but yeah. so I, I yeah I, I see your point for sure now uh real quick ryan in the chat is asking is the remake a movie or a series it is a series coming on netflix uh it stars john cho as uh spike and the production photos we actually just got a a new look at him in the church and spot on and the church (laughs) is spot on now to that point i watched every credit at the end of this right one of the credits that they gave was set designer there is a set designer on this show you guys remember a couple of weeks ago how i was talking about how the show feels like it's shot in live action already that's because they had somebody draw sets as though they were going to have to shoot on these sets like they actually created the the show from a tangible physical place i would not be surprised to know that there are blueprints of the buildings and of the ships and things like that with dimensions and measurements and all kinds of stuff because then they had like a uh it was like an environmental lighting artist and then a director of photography i'm like these are all the same credits you would have on a regular live action show and it really goes to illustrate that lived-in quality that realism of this ridiculous future space bounty hunter world that we've been living in that we're like this is so realistic like how is it possible that we feel like this space bounty hunter show is realistic you guys that's deeply impressive to me oh my god look at that edward i know that is gonna be <laughs> is that great the little, uh, modern family i, uh, I can't so. tell this picture is terrible yeah it's hard to see really but you can't even tell that's john cho really <laughs> so no. but this, this scene with faye and Julia, let's get out of the way that it clearly does not pass the Bechdel test, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> what about the tension in this scene? Oh my gosh. Like, I was, I haven't seen this episode for at least 15 years. So 
I I knew that they weren't going to kill each other, but I wasn't really confident in that. So I was like, what is happening here? And then I remembered, oh, right, Faye is a true chaotic neutral. She just, like, sees a woman in a car being chased and goes, instinctually, I'm going to help her. Because that's how Faye came into this world. Being chased, no idea what's going on, no context. I want to say hello to Roy Thompson in the live chat. Our friend Roy Thompson is also known as the Intrepid DM, and you may have heard that there is a brand new podcast on the Twist My Arm Network called The Intrepid DM Journeys, hosted by Roy. Please go check that out. You know, Josh has the air horn sound effect. They don't have to do that with their mouths. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> but Because um, I don't have control of the sound. Well, I have to make it with my mouth. And because my phone's not plugged it's, in. You right guys, now. it's okay. I just, I love this show. I love that people can tell that we make it with our heart and um, just a couple of laptops <laughs> and sometimes some cell phones. I mean, that's really what it's all about, right? getting together with your friends and having a conversation, whatever we got to do to make that work. So this car, Kylie, you said it's called a torpedo? It is, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, sorry, it's a Tucker torpedo. Tucker torpedo. 1948. How is this car as cool as the swordfish? Like, right. the, the swordfish feels like it was designed based on the torpedo. I mean, it's got fins, you've got the red, you've got the... Low sloping lines. I just, I, I'm a sucker it's for so a pretty. real nice car. I, I don't, I don't even care about cars. Can we like look at classic can we look cars? Up what it, I want to look oh. up what it looks like in real life. What is oh a, with, when it's not a convertible that doesn't. Yeah, what's exist? a <laughs> torpedo look like? So, so that's yeah, that's, that's convertible. But what's yeah, the t- 1948? Kylie's torpedo. like, yes, Josh, torpedo. that's yeah. the TV show we just watched. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay. There oh, we wow. go. Gorgeous, that's, though. That is beautiful. Oh, okay, yeah, that's pretty. That looks just like Julia's, honestly. Oh, Let's of see course, it. it's tiny. All right. Well, we're go. gonna. It's, Sorry, it's tiny, so but tiny. it's there. Yeah. <laughs> it oh yeah. This is what they look like. I, so I, those I, are really pretty. They. It's got the uh, traditional um, '40s round body and stuff. So mm-hmm. and the and the fins. All the chrome. And it's yeah. got that that look where it's like the, the car and the car gets <laughs> bigger as it goes forward, right? Like yeah. it tapers forward. Like I love, uh, it looks like it looks like every car in Gotham, basically. Oh, it's a yes, Pontiac. yes, okay. yeah. That, I mean, that's got to be what Ooh, they're. That, that one's cool. I'd what all the, that, that yeah. aesthetic is probably based on forties, fifties vehicles. If I would, if I had to guess. Um, uh, which, if you like, uh, Big O, is that whole Art Deco. Uh, Gotham anime aesthetic, but with giant robots. Oh, really? Uh, and a main character also voiced by Steve Bloom. Really? Hmm. Yeah. I could dig that. I So to the point that Ricky D was making earlier, even as an anime fan, for the longest time, I was a um, don't recommend giant robots to me guy. I don't care about giant robots. Um, and then, then, I watched Neon Genesis, and it was like that was my first one ever. I first think anime I, ever. Ooh, I was it's like, a I think rough I have to one watch to start it. with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it made me fall in love for it sure. D- it does, but it also like you need a week. Um, God, yeah. I was like nine for real. I, oh I, my god. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was I was like uh, 29 and it ruined me. So, um, <laughs> but, but Ricky, that's, that's why Kylie's so cold. It made me fall in love with Gundam, though. I, you know, Transformers. I'm gonna say is cool. It wasn't really my thing, but like, man, yeah. like Zoids was really sweet. Like. Well, and so yeah, I was into obviously Power Rangers as a kid, which is a, immediately Mighty adjacent, Morrison. and it's still a Japanese concept that comes from anime. But I. For some reason, like as a kid, I think I saw Escaflone and was like, I don't care about this. Okay. Um, and then I That's saw, a yeah, it, it, it is, re- and I've watched it again since, and I love it. Um, there's one called Vandred that I really liked. Um, and I, the first time I saw that, same thing, I was like, why, why is this, the th- why are giant robots in every anime? And my cousin went, okay, give it three episodes, relax, it will be fine. And I, d- I did, I loved it. It was a great show. I think that Jesse one might be on said, Netflix. Uh, but... or not Jesse, I'm sorry, Josh. Um, Josh had said that you really liked things like Trigun too that are like very similar to Cowboy Bebop. Was that you, I, I have Trigun? Not... Are you talking to me? Yeah, you. I have not Vash, seen Trigun. I, I, oh, I, I know was, Vash. I don't think that was Jesse. I know oh. Vash the Stampede, but I, I have, I have okay. not personally seen Trigun. I've oh, you also, do too. I've not out. seen um, Helsing, and there's one other one that I really wanted to watch that I haven't seen. Um, I like Helsing with v- Vigo. <laughs> That's a good one too. Trigun, Trigun would definitely fit into kind of the uh, the space western aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yes, it would. Um. Wait. It's all set on one planet, but I could it Dash is very way much cool has. Are you talking about Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman? No, there's a show called, there's an anime called Helsing. Oh, no, is it Hugh? I yeah, thought yeah, it was Vigo Mortensen. No, no, no it's Hugh Jackman. No. Yeah, Anywho, yeah. that's and a good that's one, too, but that's Helsing. not an anime. Yeah. I saw that movie <laughs> in the theaters. <laughs> Me too. I oh, I saw movie. it in theaters like three times. Yeah. So I'm just going to continue my runner. That movie sucks. Um. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we watched that like a month ago. Of course we did, course though, right, did, Jesse? Yeah. <laughs> like, no joke. <laughs> we so just... about Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, please, Ricky, yeah, we can go save back us. To Julia yeah, and her car. The car. Uh, there was. She was driving away from Faye. She like she puts her sunglasses on, super cool, and she's uh, in the driver's seat of her torpedo convertible and she's just looking super cool and she's like i'll see you later Faye." and in my mind i had her like she just turned into ed and she goes fey fey bye bye fey fey oh i missed that i know right it was this total juxtaposition of how cool julia was ricky d how did you feel when um Faye was talking to herself and she went, well, they'll be fine. Ed and I are still there. Well, then she she's kind of seemed to question herself. Like, I don't even know if what I'm telling myself is true. Yeah. So how are you feeling about Faye? And to that point, our friend Callie in the live chat says there are a few stories I would really like to know about. For example, we still haven't found out who sent Faye the tape of her childhood, right? Very true. Mm -hmm. So where did you land on Faye, Ricky D? Because I know you've oh. had a roller coaster with her this whole series. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't like hot people. <laughs> five so, out of ten. Uh, She's a five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just I'm not really feeling her. She's not. She's probably my least favorite character on the entire Bebop. She definitely is. Uh, I don't hate her. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't wish her to be abandoned on a moon of Jupiter. But 
What are you gonna do about all the pretty people in the live action? Everyone in the live action is pretty. You gonna be able to watch it? You know, I've made that concession for most movies. (laughs) That's that's a good point. Hollywood generally uh, mostly only hires the yeah. Which is unfair. I watch Steve Buscemi movies all day. Oh, he's beautiful. I mean, it would be a great day, but. Our friend yeah, Rosie in the awesome. chat continues to be one of my favorite people in the world and says, Ricky D, hot people have feelings too. <laughs> I, yeah, Rosie is one, so she this knows. Is, oh, yeah, we've seen photos of Rosie in her sudden but inevitable gear. She's, have you yeah. seen her hair? Oh, my gosh. Fiery red. Do you ever think there might be more to life than just being really, really ridiculously good looking? <laughs> this needs to Damn be it, at least Derek. three times as big as that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I knew this. I knew this was going to happen. Where some some little reference would happen, and then we would go in whatever direction we needed to, really quickly to pull it all back. Let's uh, talk about Alfredo no, and I, how he's the big shots uh, no, guy, and how that got, guy's name is Alfredo. Oh, you, got, you caught him too. <laughs> okay, so I Alfredo is like a totally popular name. No, I get that, but like okay. I was not expecting that guy to be Alfredo and to be totally normal. <laughs> he's like, hey, mom, yeah, uh, and what's, he was yeah. sweet. Loved his mom. Yeah. I just Regular thought that was guy. awesome. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll just find another job. It's fine. Well, what happened to your partner? Uh, she, married she married her, her agent. agent She's marrying her agent. <laughs> well, and I was really, like, honestly, very appreciative that his over the top racist caricature accent was by was design. Just that. Like, yeah. they did yeah. that on purpose yeah, and then showed that the guy was doing that on purpose for the show. Like, He's a regular dude. This is Actor. what, right? This is what you know. Everybody in the show does something different to survive and get by, right? So he, this is what he does. He puts on this caricature, and I love. I just, I, I, my immediate thought was like, I hope he gets a cooking show next. You know, <laughs> yeah. where it's his, him and his mom, and they're sharing recipes and stuff. And I just hometown recipes. And I like to think that, you know, maybe. Maybe Jet just takes courier missions now and Faye, you know, does the run. She goes pick stuff up for him because he's not really, you know, he's not the same since he got shot and he wants to slow down a little bit. And maybe he's not so reckless anymore. And maybe he's softened on women a little bit. I don't know. Maybe like there could be a whole story with them, too, you know, because as far as we know, and then they, they don't have anybody Faye else. When she, right. or not Faye. They run into Edward when she's like 20. I was going to say Cowboy Bebop season two, the search for Ed. It would I be. think <laughs> Cowgirl Ed. Yeah, the only way that I would accept a season two animated Cowboy Bebop would be if it's like 20 years in the future and it's entirely centered around Ed and her band of insane misfit hacker pirates. And And I had puppies. And I'm three puppies, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Ed could definitely assemble some of those trash goblins. I dig it. (laughs) And I just... You guys, I want more Cowboy Bebop. It's coming. I know, I know. November. I know. I just, at the end of this series, it's like, why are you so good at being one season long? Like, <laughs> just be five seasons long. Like, I I, I know that it would not be the same show. Exactly. I know it wouldn't <laughs> be the same show. But it is amazing to me, and I feel like it's really difficult to communicate just how far out of the park they knocked this thing, you guys. They From the start, they're like, let's 
use the music to conceptualize the visuals, to conceptualize the music in this cool back and forth, creative, angry, argumentative, combative, beautiful marriage. And while we're doing that, let's design the space as though it's a real livable space. Let's draw, let's create sets and then shoot like we're on a set. Like every little decision that went into this just pays off impossible dividends we watched we we went into this episode knowing 99 percent exactly what we're about to see right there's no chance that we're like because when the episode starts the toning of it is like oh this is it's gonna go down <laughs> like this is what this episode is and you could say that about the whole series and we have said that about the whole series it's this mix of tropes it's a smashing together of tropes and seeing how many you can get into one episode and still have it make functional sense. And to have that work for the course of the entire series, individually per episode, and then also as a self-contained total story, it's it's masterful. It's uh, mind-blowing. I don't have words for it, you guys. It's like, I can't pick out another property that I feel was so perfectly conceived and executed from start to finish. If you guys have one, I'd like to hear it because I I don't think I have one personally. Phil's got to have something over there. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on on a smaller scale, fully cooly. Oh, because yes. that is six episodes yeah. of absolute insanity. Gold. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh on a larger scale, uh, Full Metal Alchemist uh, Brotherhood. Really? Agreed. I agree with that too. Have you so seen Jesse? No, that's the one that I resist that people tell me to watch because it's, so, love that it's the one. one that they always say. So I'm like, nope. I actually <laughs> made Josh watch the live action with me, um, which don't get me wrong, is nothing compared. Actually kind of liked it though, just saying. Um, but no, like that's definitely one. Oh my gosh, Jesse, if you haven't seen it. Some of the some of the live action uh, films coming out uh, as far as anime adaptations have been pretty spectacular. I really liked the uh, Rurouni Kenshin uh, live action movies they did. Um, yes, Rurouni um, Kenshin's also like a top five. A Samurai yeah. X. I didn't they do in a, a Samurai X a uh, live action too, or was it just? Uh... Because Samurai I... X is like the original, I think. Yeah, and, and I don't know that they dropped that. A live action of that, at least in the U.S. Okay. Yeah. I don't know but if it ever made it across. There's this whole big <laughs> world of awesomeness. It's so exciting. There uh, really is. No, it, the the original live action Death Note uh, From film Japan. that they did back in 2007, mm-hmm. 2008, uh, was really solid, too. Okay. That one was fun because they uh, they actually dubbed it with the anime, uh, the English anime cast. Really? So it, it's like fun. You're sitting. I'm sitting there in the theater. Okay. Watching it, I was like, God, this guy sounds just like Light from the anime. It's like I have to oh, watch shit, that. It is Light from the anime. Yeah, I have to watch that. So. That's one of much like this show. Death Note is one of the few that when I watch it in English, I am just as impressed as when I watch it with subtitles. Um, I just, I so and hearing Phil say that makes me go, okay, I I should probably give Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood a shot. 
Um, is it the kind of show where if I watch one episode tonight, I'm going to be up all night? Uh, I think so. Okay. Well, Maybe. Then I might yeah. not start it tonight. No guarantees. Yeah. I might not start it tonight, but I will uh, put it on my But list. it is... It is... 52 episodes? Well, that's not bad. Uh, I want to say, beginning to end. I can dig on that. I can definitely yeah. dig on that. So, we have... I don't know if I don't I don't know if this is the saddest character death in the series, but this is a tough character death when Annie goes. Yeah, Ricky yeah. D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Did you tear up when Annie went? Uh no, I didn't. Uh, we barely had any time mm-hmm. to really experience her death because you know Spike is going in there. He's already prepared for this place to have been hit. He's concerned that people in there might be waiting for him or somebody might already be killed and they get in there they meet annie who we haven't seen for 20-ish episodes yeah uh since the last and... time we since the first time we saw vicious i believe yeah and there's a you know, there's a, a lot of repeat characters in this episode yes uh and you know she passed away and Faye walks into the, or julia walks into the room behind him and Guns start blazing again. I think what it, what affected me about her going was because of the first time we do meet her, she's like this perfect sense of quiet, confident strength, right? Like she's like, I got out. I'm I'm able to balance this life with that life, and I I can I can function as a regular person, even though on the inside I've got a lot of pain and turmoil going on. You know, I can I can keep that in where it needs to be. So to see her just kind of. At the point where she's um, not given up, right? But she's given in. That's kind of, it just kind of hurt a little bit. And and that character, to me, was one of those characters that felt familiar, even though we've only met her once. The first time we met her, I was like, I love her, and I don't ever want anything to happen to her. And I feel like I've known her for 20 years. So, and that's kind of the point of her, right? Is that we don't know her, but Spike has clearly known her for 20 years mm-hmm. and has a huge emotional high um rosie says i like oh i like bobs they're talking about haircuts this is a short (laughs) this is a short layer boy cut originally they left a mullet i had to cut that off i was very confused sorry um but callie says it was the same as with shin like nah i was sad but at the same time he had just turned up and for both of them and Lynn, there just wasn't enough time to get to know them and then take their take in their death. Now, but you get a te- you get a sense of them through Spike's reaction to their death. Exactly, and that's where I was gonna go with it because the first time we see Jin or sorry Shin, you're like, who the hell is that guy? And then it has that instantaneous uh, frame flash to Jin, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. And so then he goes, hey, I'm his brother. And like you're saying, up to this point, we've had no interaction. We've got this, that, and the other thing. But Spike's advice to him is don't do what your brother did. And, you know, why are you so idealistic? But we get to see that this brother is idealistic on the other side of it. He's not showing up to be like, Spike, you need to give into the old ways. He's showing up to be like, Spike, you're right. The old way is not how we can do this anymore. And... I had a total hero moment with him when he showed up and he started fighting with Spike. I was like, yes! Like, very excited to have some help here. Like, come on. Why is it one guy? 
And it, it was like, to your point, all I got was Spike's reaction to him, and that was enough for me because I was like, this guy is ride or die now. So I'm totally here for it. And just that that method of like, shoot two guys, put down some plastic explosive, run past it, kill whoever follows you. Shoot two guys, put down some plastic explosive, run past it, kill whoever's following you. It was like slow, Run methodical. up half a flight of stairs, yeah. shoot the next guy coming up, go up another half flight of stairs, shoot the next guy. Using glass as cover? Like, I'm sorry, Spike is cooler than anyone ever. Like, <laughs> he's diving behind glass for cover. That doesn't... Perf- that, yeah. I, And he has surgical precision with a shotgun, if I may. He's like bodying people across the street with a full spread. <laughs> like... How much um, fun is this freaking show, you guys? Somebody else talk. I'm losing it. That's one of my notes <laughs> about that shotgun. Um, where is mm-hmm. it at? Where is it at? Oh, uh, I don't even know. But it was, oh, that shotgun has some range. I thought it was kind of suspect that he could shoot someone from the roof with a shotgun. I mean, then again, it's a future shotgun. So, of course, it's going to be a little bit, a little bit better. Um, but on the subject of guns... Um, I noticed that his, that Spike's handgun had Jericho on it. Like you very clearly saw that it was made by Jericho. I was wondering if that's some sort of reference to like the walls of Jericho where in the Bible they go and they tear down the walls of Jericho. Was it some sort of homage to, to that where Spike is going in to tear down the walls of the syndicate? It's, uh... It is actually uh, Jericho Arms. It's uh, an Israeli. Uh, oh, uh, it's a real arms company. Uh, actual manufacturer. Yeah, out of Israel. That and you know, okay. <laughs> and if it's out of Israel, uh, they're kind of coming from the same place Josh is mentioning. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, same origin of the word. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. Right. Um, no, I just they, I just they noticed do a really solid job of putting real world uh depict accurately depicting real world firearms throughout uh throughout the whole series like the uh the Beretta 92 yeah. that Annie gives Spike back in uh so, session fifth, six. 6 yeah i think it was the 6th episode oh the fallen angels episode ballad of fallen angels yeah ballad of fallen angels how do you guys remember yeah. that oh it's cuz because we watch a lot of stuff over here. It kind of <laughs> messes my brain. Well, up but, but to your point, Josh, pretty easily they could have decided to go with that arms company for the allegorical reasons, right? Like they could have said at the beginning, like if you told me that at the beginning they went, let's give him a Jericho and have him use that that brand the entire series for metaphorical reasons, I would I would not be surprised even this much. I would be like, yeah, of course they yeah. did that. That's definitely why they did that. It just that's it was so predominant. There was one scene where you could definitely tell what kind of gun it was, who made it. And I was like, I wonder if there's a reason behind that. Yeah. And and it does help to Phil's point, it actually really helps to make this show feel realistic despite being set in the future in space where people are hunting space bounties because they all have spaceships that are, you know, double as an actual boat or, you know, they've got hyperspace technology and these gates that can get you almost instantaneously from place to place. But it's like they they ground it with these little details of true um, arms manufacturers or like the 
the Coca-Cola sign where it's so faded that you can't actually see the words Coca-Cola, but you know that it's a Coca-Cola <laughs> you know. sign. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got the, the, the what is the soda called? The Pepe? Pepushi. Pepushi. I cannot do that with my mouth. It's the... Uh... <laughs> I mean, that's like the the transliteration right. of Pepsi of Pepsi, Pepsi yeah. of how it would be written. It's I think they got it from the Japanese word or from the English word killer, and they pronounced it Kira. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I just Josh, where where are you at with? What does that say? I can't read that. Joshua fit the battle of Jericho, and the walls came a tumbling down. <laughs> it's an old church yeah. song. Yep, and the walls came and tumbled. Yep. And Josh is tumbling. Yeah. Yep, I totally get it now. I apologize oh, for being unable to read the comment. Callie D says it's fun to play on the sax. <laughs> Josh, where are you? How are you feeling about uh, where Jet ends up in this? Are you uh, well, sad I, for Jet? Or are you just go? I'm not sad. I'm just. I, I feel a little uh, unsatisfied. You know, I, I don't. Way. I don't. I don't feel like. No closure. Yeah, like obviously he's on the on the bebop with Faye, but like, does that mean that Faye now replaces Spike? Ugh, <laughs> that's terrible. Does it, or does, or is Jet done? Oh, I mean, or or does he retire, or um, does he, you know, move to Mars or wherever wherever he wants to? Like, I don't know. I kind of would have liked to know. We know what happened with Spike. But he's kind of um, the only character we get closure on. I mean, it's true. Well, I mean, Ed, you kind of get a little bit of closure because she's going off to grow up, basically, and that that yeah. makes sense, you know. And you know, you could even say, even if it was a throwaway line, like, "I'm done with all this," that'd be perfect. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in the live chat and listening out there in podcast land, please go back and listen to the start of this series, or maybe just go listen to the episode where we covered toys in the attic. Josh's definition of closure has certainly been ended <laughs> in the last 12 or 13 episodes. And I I think that's personal growth. I'm not calling him out as like some kind of like douche or anything. I'm saying, look, he's taking new information and applying it going forward. That's how you should be in life. <laughs> well done, Josh. Yeah, uh, thanks. <laughs> Kylie. I have a tendency Kylie to steamroll. Kylie's taking a quick little break. Hold oh, that God. thought. As soon as I look away from the screen. As soon as I look away from the screen. <laughs> She's got to pee. It's totally cool. I have peed before. <laughs> I know what it's like. <laughs> Rosie in the chat says, Faye and Jet works. Uh, Callie says, character development, go Josh. So confirmation there that <laughs> our live chat views us all as characters on a show. Not as real people. Thanks, Callie. So if we ever make a T-shirt with just my symbol of the Bebop background that I have right here, it has to say <laughs> character development underneath character it. Character development. <laughs> I can dig it. Ricky D's will say, um, uh, it'll just be the word mirth with a line through it. And then um, mine will say and then, uh, like something narcissistic. Tear stains. Yeah. <laughs> like color the shirt so there's tear stains on it. We want We want the shirt to like symbolize being depressed. <laughs> yeah. Huh? No, I'm on the, I'm totally on the same we, page. I know what you're talking about. How can we manufacture and sell this? <laughs> how do we capitalize? So, if there's if there's anything from this episode so far, uh let's go uh Josh, Ricky, Phil. 
there's anything from this episode so far that you would like to specifically point to that we have not pointed to yet, please go ahead. Josh. His fake eyes. Mm. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really, really interesting that someone I can't I can't remember what episode it was, but they emphasized his eyes and how in uh in Pierrot Le Fou. And in Ganymede Elegy, mm-hmm. when Gren meets Correct. him, he says, oh, she said you had different colored eyes. You're spy, yeah. aren't you? They really, <laughs> really emphasize that. And to find out that one of them is fake and that all these myths that people have put into their head about his eyes, it just, you know, he just yeah. lost it in a battle and now his he's got a fake eye. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, I... I Really, it made me want to go watch, go back and rewatch the entire series and see how that affects him as a character, even though they aren't telling us directly. Yeah, yeah. Couple of ways. Sure. Um, I think it sort of makes him identify a little bit with Piero because he can tell that the guy was like cut on right medically, um, and beyond that, it kind of gives him this. I don't know, new lease on lifestyle attitude, right? Like, whatever happens, happens, dude. I'm on borrowed time. I should be dead. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, I should have been dead years ago. So whatever happens, happens. And he, and, you know, we get, and to your point, Ricky D, um, I hope you do go back and watch it because there are so many little lines when they first meet Faye. What does is, what is, uh, uh, Jet tell him? He says, hey, don't win too much in here. Your eyes are too good. I don't want them seeing how much money you're winning. Like, yeah. He's yep. t- he tells uh, Hakeem the first time he fights him, you trust your eyes too much. And it's like, there's so many little details that are so good. Okay, Kylie, before you stepped away, I promise I was trying to throw the show to you. I was like, Kylie, I talk, I steamroll, I ask questions. <laughs> Please, what are where are you at, Kylie? What have, what have we skipped that you want to talk about or that you really love about these two episodes? Something that I thought was strange, and I don't know if anybody, like, it could just be me or if anybody picked up on it. Um, it was interesting. Um, when Spike had found Julia, he didn't show emotion again until she died. It was like he didn't know what to do um, with her being right there. He was like living so many years of like living in her memory kind of thing that when she was really there, it's like he didn't know how to act. And then like everything went back to normal when she died kind of thing. Yeah. It was just weird. I thought that was odd. And the, I would say, um, I don't know that it's odd. I feel like it's in character for him, for emotion to throw him off, right? Um, for a sense of calm to feel uneasy for him or for a sense of safety to feel unnatural for Spike, uh, he chases excitement. He chases danger. He, you know, that's why he doesn't like hackers because they're boring. Um, but he like has an actual smile on his face when he leaves in the swordfish to go shoot down these syndicate ships. Like he, I feel like the problem with Julia for Spike is that she's the only thing that gives him pause. She's the only thing that makes him think, oh, maybe whatever happens happens isn't the right way to live my life. Maybe I'm supposed to be living intentionally and working towards certain things or, you know, attempting to safeguard certain parts of my life. Like 
maybe she's the antithesis of everything I truly believe and feel. And to that point, he says, she's the part of me that I was missing. She's mm-hmm. she's what makes me whole. She's the part of me that made things make sense. So if she's here and he has a chance to be a complete person now, that's a lot more work than just going into this building and tearing it apart floor by floor and putting Vicious down like the dog he is. Like, it would be a lot harder to do all the work that is required to become a complete person than it would to just go end this syndicate thing right now. And that might be the most realistic part of the show, right? Like, you're going to carry that weight. And if you let it, it is going to drag you down. It will be there the day you die. It may be the reason that you die. There is, There are things in everyone's past that they use to define who they are going forward, right? That's a necessary part of life. But I feel like this is almost a an indictment of the human tendency to create absolutes out of prior experiences, right? So Faye trusts no one ever because of her prior experiences. Jet does not trust women because of his prior experiences. Spike can't not do the right thing, and he cannot let past transgressions go. So it's, they're all carrying these different weights, and the only character that we've seen go, F this weight, is Ed and Ayn. And they were yeah. like, screw this, you guys. I- I'm going to say goodbye with a smile. It's going to be difficult. I'm going to be alone, but like, I'm going to be happy. You know, yeah. like, at least I've got some direction. And I I think the realism in this show not only comes from those tiny little physical details like the arms manufacturer, but mostly from the human characters in the show, which is kind of, I am deeply impressed because it's an animated show and the character drama is what makes it feel realistic. Now, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Where are you at? Rosie says Jesse Steamrolls. She's right. Where are you at? <laughs> Where are you at, Ricky D? Uh, well, there were a few little things I wanted to point out. Uh, when This is a very small thing, but it was kind of fun. Did anybody else see the PS1 Yes, with Jet? In the Mystic's room. Yep, yep. in that weird shop. Yep. Room. Yeah, there's a top-down view of everything that's in the room, and it's mostly a bunch of scattered junk. It doesn't. It's hard to tell what it is, but there's very, very clearly a PS1 uh, sitting at Jet's feet. Neat. Huh. I thought that was interesting. Right there by Jet's kinda, foot. It, it very yeah. clearly puts Cowboy Bebop in our world. Mm-hmm. Like we know that they interact with our solar system and that kind of thing, but this kind of puts it so that uh, it's we're in the same universe as them. It ties our story to them. Uh, also, mm-hmm. about in regards to Spike's eyes, uh, just a very interesting coincidence between the shows that I've been watching. I watched this episode last night. And they're talking about Spike's eyes and how he can see differently and all of this stuff. And immediately after this episode, I turned on Oz, the old HBO mm. series where like that weird experimental prison. Yeah. 
and one of the characters uh, gets an eye cut out with some glass, and he starts talking about how you see things unclearly with your stereo vision. You see around problems. Uh, you see all these different things, but I can see directly to what is uh, the issue here. And it was a very interesting uh, just what I'm seeing in Cowboy Bebop versus what I'm seeing in another show. And they're really saying very similar things about a very bizarre subject, a very kind of tangential, loose subject. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. The the themes and the the uh, content of the show, I think were, I, I know, were part of the reason I chose this show. Because when you said anime era for kids, I was like, I know the show <laughs> to give you, like, it, you know, in in the friendliest way possible. I know the show to throw in your face, and and I appreciate your face's willingness to have things thrown into it and then accept <laughs> them, because and I'm a hundred percent serious because like yeah. like I said before, <laughs> I will resist people's suggestions like to my to like the detriment of my health, right? But like mm-hmm. for you to actually jump into this and go in with an open mind, I am beyond grateful for because i i don't know if i could do it and i'm i'm glad to have you here for that uh in the vein of things that uh, are compliments but don't sound like it or are positive <laughs> but don't sound like it i love being wrong right i love when i have a strong opinion about something and somebody goes no here is some very clear evidence as to why you're wrong and that gives me an opportunity to grow as a person. Yes. So I feel like Ricky yeah. and I now need to find out what season three is going to be. Something that Jesse hasn't watched. So he's <laughs> forced to watch something. Here's the only problem with that, Josh. <laughs> I, in, in, the, in the interest of honest transparency, the only problem with that is that as the person who is running the social medias and editing the show... <laughs> It has to be a thing that I love because I spend a lot of time on this to to because I love it, obviously. Very true. And because I love you guys and because I love the show that we have. I mean, this is Josh and Ricky D, you guys in particular, you know how much work it takes to get a good podcast out. <laughs> and we have a two day turnaround on this show. And to promote it every day on multiple things and this, that and the other thing. And I'm not saying I would never take y'all's suggestions. I'm just saying for this show, it has to be something I love. Because if I get burnt out partway through, the quality is just going to crash, and no one yeah. is going to listen to us ever again. Like <laughs> we don't, we don't want that. But I, I promise you, there will never be a show that we cover that I think you're going to hate. I, I will not ever do that to you guys. I promise. Now I feel like that's a challenge, and I want to accept it. <laughs> <laughs> now. That having been said, if one of you were to host a show where you were like, I'm going to make Jesse watch Thing X, I would be willing to be on that show as a guest about it. And, not as, and not as a, <laughs> a host, but as a guest. So uh, Rosie says, you will love the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. Our friend Rosie is one of the most wonderful people in the world. And I love how much she feels like part of our family, like. If anybody else were to be like pushing Briscoe County Jr. the way that our fans are, I'd be like, get over it. Like, <laughs> stop it. But because it's Rosie and Sinicera and all of our live chat friends, I'm like, I kind of I kind of want to watch Briscoe County Jr., you guys. Like Well I'm, I'm gonna see where I can where I can get where I can get it. I think Rosie said it was on Amazon Prime. And I'm not saying we're gonna cover that, but I'm saying I have high interest in watching it now just yeah. because you guys have talked about it so much. 
um, season it's been two like, point five. It's been like nine minutes. I feel like that I've been talking, Josh. What do you What do you have? Where are you at? You already asked me, Phil. What do you Phil. have? Where are you at? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, um, to Kylie's point, going back to the car when uh, when Julia first shows up, I I know that it's based on a a real world car, but my brain every time immediately goes back to a different real car uh the barchetta Ooh. uh so rush's track mm-hmm. red barchetta uh comes to mind every time she peels around the corner mm. in that car uh just the idea of this old but well-maintained very obviously well-loved car just being used in this ridiculous chase sequence and that just that makes me happy every time. I I told the crew before this episode, and Ricky told the crew too, uh, Phil is way smarter than everybody on the show, and he's going to have these <laughs> connections that are going to make this amazing, and that is one of those. Because I'm like, where? Wh- how could we possibly have more to say about the car? And then I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. I'm going to watch this episode again <laughs> as soon as we're done talking about it, you guys. Like, And I'm going to put on Rush. So... <laughs> One thing that makes me um, sad was Vicious's bird. Really? Yeah, man. I kind of liked that bird. A little jerk I mean, bird. He was, he was a, a little, recurring character too. He man. was a little jerk, but I mean, I loved the foreshadowing with it. Though. Yes, for sure. When the bird, you know, when he's first, uh, when his first attempted coup is getting shut down, and the bird leaves his shoulder. For like the first time. Like, okay, shit, where's the yeah. bird going? Yeah, the bird's like, oh, I know the plan. Okay. Peace now, plan B in effect. I will admit that at first I was like, oh, even the bird is like, I'm out, dude. Sorry. Peace. Um, <laughs> and then when he said, remember, a snake's venom takes effect long after the bite or something like a, a, the poison mm-hmm. lingers long after the bite. I was like, oh, he left the bird is lingering. I'm stupid. Gotcha. Um I didn't, I don't, I'm not like pro animal cruelty, um, but I didn't care about the bird. I was like, that bird is evil, just like Vicious is evil. The bird is an extension of Vicious and I'm okay with it. And of course he would kill his only companion, right? Like who's been loyal to him. Of course he would do that. That's what he's trying to do to Spike. Like Spike is that bird. (laughs) Like who hurt him? Because I feel like- Spike hurt him. I feel like Vicious could have been- not as vicious, maybe. <laughs> maybe he could have been a little more <laughs> voluptuous. His name should his name should have just been Victim, because that's what he's victim. just been playing this whole thing. Well, Vicious is his last name. It's Victim Vicious. It's victim his. Vicious, yes. Your name is Ruspin Ruxin, right? <laughs> so, it, but it to that point, like with those flashbacks, you had him back to back with Spike, right? And mm-hmm. then he's talking to Julia and he says, oh, so you betrayed me, huh? Okay. So then you need to kill Spike or I kill both of you. So to what you were saying, Josh, there like could have been a simple mm. love triangle thing. Could it mm. have been a, hey, Spike, you suck at our kick-ass job when you're entangled with her. So pick her or the life. Like it could be either thing, right? But she was also part of the life. So for him to tell, for Vicious to have told, I'm going to try and use names instead of pronouns. For Vicious to have told Julia, you betrayed me but to feel the same way about Spike, 
to me that indicates pretty simple love triangle. But even if it's yeah. not that, it could totally be like a we were the best team and you broke us up or at Yoko Ono right, coming in. Total sure. Yoko Ono. Or uh purely philosophical differences where where maybe Vicious went, you guys help me take out the elders because I think this is how we should run the syndicate. And they were both like, you're just the worst. And maybe that's what happened. <laughs> and they were like, he's like, well, if you don't agree with me, then now you've both betrayed me and you're against me. I, and I don't know. Um, now you will cry tears of crimson followed by dragging a katana across somebody's freaking eyeballs. <laughs> like you guys know me, right? Like I'm not, I don't like violence for violence sake, but that was freaking cool. That was so well stylized and agreed. Heavy tropey, like nobody would say that, but I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> like such a great shot. And I just, I feel uh, like that was I know that he had he said that right before he cut his eyes, but I feel like that was a um reaction to something that was said earlier in the episode. When, um, I mean, like, and you had said they were talking about the snake and the venomous fangs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like, I think w what the g member says is, uh, what a foolish thing you've done. A fortune teller warns, warns us on the night of the red moon, the snake will slither and strike bearing its venomous fangs. And then later on, I feel like vicious reacts by going and you will shed tears of scarlet. Right. Like, it there, like there was some sort of connection there, you know? It could have been him um, mocking their their fortune, right? Yeah. Uh, with regards to the fortune teller, Josh, do you think... He was a lot like Yoda? Spike... Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, do you think that uh, Spike and Jet have been going to the same uh, guy? You think it's that same shaman? Probably, I, I feel like there was. I mean, you think you think maybe he is like the fortune teller for the syndicate, and that's how Spike knew about him and would go talk. Possibly, to him? Um, I do think that. Yeah, obviously, Spike worked for them before, and so he has to have some sort of connections that they have. I do like how um, his uh, his speech about "Do not fear death." Again, very, very mm -hmm. Yoda like, um, just in the correct order. You know, the, the words, proper the syntax order. So like, <laughs> but it was, I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's, 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 that's pretty tight. But then again, this did come out in 2098. Well, 1998. Well, in, in, in the U.S. Yeah. In, yeah. Okay. But I guess, you know, filmmakers probably get to see this stuff beforehand. Episode oh, two yeah. didn't come out till 2003. So technically, oh. <laughs> I feel like Yoda would have taken that from this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, and he, I I really liked that line because it kind of, it fits with Spike, right? It's it's not that yeah. Spike is always like trying to get himself killed. It's right. that he's he's not thinking about death. He's thinking about the next action because death is always a possibility. Right. It's mm -hmm. always lingering. It's always beside him. Um, and kind of an interesting parallel. Uh, I believe they mentioned something about sideways or, or um, death will. What is it? What is it? Death is always beside us. Right. Mm -hmm. um, much how the operative will come at you sideways, Mal, in Serenity. I 
it, it was this smallest little thing and it's definitely not meant to be a connection but because we just watched firefly and serenity and then this i was like oh man thematically similar that hurts my heart <laughs> i miss book i miss all these characters <laughs> i miss so wash and and i miss i mean the reverse gonna... did <laughs> Well, and I'm going to miss Josh constantly <laughs> going. What I'm going to miss is Josh going, I just want to see Reavers. Why won't they show me the Reavers? Where are the Reavers? They keep mentioning Reavers. And then we and get then the they Reavers. ruined everything. Yep. Well, you got what <laughs> you wished you for. Then you sure saw them. <laughs> so now I, I'm, I'll be honest, you guys. I have very, very few notes. I think I counted them. I have eight notes for the for both episodes total, just because it's so like, it's such an experience that you have to let it, you have to let the whole thing play out, and you have to be fully immersed to really get after it. But one thing that I did write down was when they have this, we have all this tension between Faye and Julia, right? And then at the very end, Julia goes, "All right, well, thanks, Faye. If you see Spike, let him let him know I'm here." And she's like, whoa, hey, whoa, how do you, what? Isn't it weird? <laughs> Have you guys ever had that when somebody knows something about you that they shouldn't? And it's not its not like a, a secret or like bad information. It's just you shouldn't have that information. And it's kind of unsettling. Like the, the time that it happened to me most recently, I was, somebody had said, you know, hey, what did you do this weekend? And I was explaining it. And then my boss jumped in and went, and then you went to the Ark and donated some furniture, right? And I was like, yeah why <laughs> like i'm not mad that you know i guess and like I'm it's not confused. like I, it's just like why did you say it like that and he was like oh i was the next car in line i'm like oh, okay you, you could have just said and and i saw you in line it was just weird has that ever happened to you guys where somebody had information they shouldn't and it, it was innocuous information but you still uh, felt weird I mean, it's not necessarily that they knew information about me. It's just that they knew me or my name or something. Like, <laughs> it happened a lot when I used to drink a lot and, and like, go to the bars a lot. Gotcha. Um, and, and I'd meet a lot of people and, like, you know, you get those, like, hey, man, you remember the other night we were down over here? And, and I'd be like, no. So... I'm that person um, <laughs> because I remember everything that people tell me. And so, like, say, for example, we were at, you know, at, back in the day, because Josh and I met at a bar that he worked at. So we'd go, you know, say we were at the bar or whatever a long time ago. Um, and, you know, somebody would be talking about a mutual friend from the bar. And then they'd come and be like, oh, hey, I'm so-and-so. Oh, Kylie, yeah, you're the one with the uh, the red truck or whatever. And they'd be like, how the hell? And it's like, no, no, I was just hanging out with so-and-so the other day, you know, and like they mentioned that about you. I don't know. Um, so I'm always that person because I remember. <laughs> Very I try cool. to be polite and friendly and I just come off like a creep. So <laughs> our, friend, <laughs> our friend Callie D in the chat says, I once did that to a classmate by accident. We were talking favorite radio stations and I went, you always listen to that one radio station in the car, right? And she was so confused. Um, Callie D, it sounds like it's a relatable feeling to have to then immediately go, oh, am I the creep here in this situation? So she says, little did I know that I usually ended up driving behind her. Little did she know that I usually ended up driving behind her on the way to school and she sings very actively along and that's how I knew. So it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I am. I was going to say I'm the same way. (laughs) I 
I like to glance at people next to me at stoplights just to be like, is this person cool or are they like a total square? Oh, yep, total square. All right, cool. Man, it's it's just like uh, office space when dude is driving <laughs> and he's singing the song and then he, I'm like that guy because I go really hard and like I'm like belting and like I used to be a singer, you know, and and uh, I would belt a lot of and be very loud and I know that people can hear me outside of my car. Yep. And so I'll, you know, look over and just kind of stop for a minute because I'm just going to let this that. moment pass. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, so, pat, you know, get on the steering wheel a little bit, like, yeah, you know, rock out a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm listening to some good stuff. And then the second it turns green, I'm like, ah! <laughs> I remember being in a car full of dudes and we were blasting the cranberries. <laughs> yes. And nice. we pull up. I think we we're on like federal or something. We pull up next to this big truck of a bunch of big dudes. Yep. And they look over at us and they laugh and they laugh. It's a bunch of me and a bunch of dudes listening to the cranberries. <laughs> Ricky D <laughs> from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What's your go-to sing-along song in the car? Ricky D is muted. Also, oh, Ricky, you're muted. Yes, there you go. here I am. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Probably there's this brand new song. Is the name of the band? I don't know if anybody Josh else ever heard them. them. They were they had like two or three hits. Yeah. Uh, 70 times seven is one that I'll just scream out loud. Uh, Dude, I use that for a password no for knows. some of my shit. Really? That's hilarious. It's just this like screamo band and I'm not really into that not kind of thing. But I, no, no. Yeah. I, remember, I remember that being your password for things before. It's funny. But yeah, there's something about that band that I really got. Yeah, into. they're not your, they're not your, um, favorite band in the world they're not like your thing but there's something about a not couple of those close. songs Dude. that just makes you have to scream it they yep. have a song called the quiet things that no one knows and for about uh-huh. six months i lived with this dude in omaha well it was like i lived with a band actually they were our sister band we'd always play shows together but i lived in their basement on their beanbag chair and every single morning when we woke up it's like eight thirty nine in the morning we would play that song he would sing the main. I would play the drums and sing the backups. And it was like we would wake up, look at each other, move to the instruments, play it, and then just go about our business. Like not even and say anything to each other. Just do it and then go away. <laughs> one of those songs that I mentioned, it has like this really kind of threatening part in it where it's like, uh, I hope there's ice on all the roads yes! and you can think of me when you forget your seatbelt and your head goes through the windshield. <laughs> so whenever there's like really visceral aggressive things like that i just scream it as loud as i can yeah, I, yeah! why is that so easy to picture <laughs> yeah and it's <laughs> so ricky i'm not gonna lie to you that is literally like my top three favorite bands of all yeah time. i was gonna That's say awesome. josh is like the brand new uh stan like they, <laughs> the any i mean albums after um the 70 times seven after deja and tondu like even the more recent albums, they are so right, eclectic. They are so good. You should you should listen to newer stuff because they're not. I, I only listen to like the couple of songs that I used to see on, and they're nothing uh, like, fused. They're well, nothing and I have like that anymore. I have a couple of those as well, Ricky D. Because I mean, Josh knows I am not. <laughs> I, I tried so hard to get I, you into my scene. I don't Here, listen to this band. <laughs> listen to this band, and you're like, I fucking hate all of it. I do not like <laughs> the same music that Josh likes. Let's put it that way. But there is a song. Try being his girlfriend. No thanks. <laughs> there is a song <laughs> called 
Until the Day I Die by a band called Story of the Year, I think. <laughs> Love that band. <laughs> Super whiny. Like, one of the whiniest songs I've ever heard. I will belt that song at the absolute top of my lungs if it happens to be on my wife's uh, shuffle mix in the car or if it comes up on a playlist. That's one of those songs that I think I'm feeling the same thing you feel where I'm like, I hate this and I cannot wait to hit all these notes. That song live, though, <laughs> will change your life. When you have everyone else around you screaming that, That it's it will... I could see that. I feel like I am a rock star when I sing that song and it's not even a rock song. <laughs> so... Um, Phil, do you have No, a... Kylie had something. Oh, sorry. <laughs> let's go Kylie and then let's go Phil. Do you guys have go-to sing-along songs in the car? So we were, I'm just going back to, you guys were talking about uh, music videos. Um, you know, or the, the you know, anime whatever. ones? Yeah. yeah. So there's, what? who does that Dear Maria song? All time low. Uh, all time low. Okay. All time low. So there, there Thanks, is a Phil. bunch of videos that you can watch, and it's basically that song they, to every like, anime oh. opening, <laughs> and it like lines up perfect just to that song. It's awesome. My my favorite one, my favorite one still is probably actually the uh, the Attack on Titan. Yes, yes. that's the one we watched. I think Dear the Maria. first time, and it's it's perfect. It's and like so seriously, whiny. you could watch any anime, almost any anime opening, and it just fits so perfect. Gets you know it's all slow and then it's like you know you know what it's so bubblegum yeah I'm gonna throw it back to you Phil but a name just popped into my head Josh is this one of your bands Alisana yes that's the one that we used to listen to where we'd be in the car and you'd be like okay can you play that one song that I actually kind of enjoy and it would be that one by Alisana and the guy Sean like sigs all crazy yeah he's really super nasally yeah. and then the guy that, that screams so is like whiny. really high pitched and like it sounds like a chihuahua screaming it's, at you through it the... sounds like they're <laughs> crying while they're yelling at you like they're angry but sad talking about it... a band that didn't age well they they kept doing that later <sighs> on and it woo. this is I... why I try not to phrase my preferences as absolutes because I know how much like that music means to you and like it, it like not in a it, not in a in a condescending way right like that's your music like you love that music and like the music that I love you do not love but that's okay that's the beauty of it cuz we both love cowboy bebop and firefly and that's good enough right so why Phil. we're here <laughs> Phil what's your go-to sing along song in the car I'm sorry uh, whatever's on I'm is the thing. I that's mean, respectable. I, I was a choir kid in junior high and high school. Nice. Uh, like did show choir festivals in Colorado Springs and things like really that. Cool. And it's just, I'll sing along with whatever. I think we connected on some Getty Lee once. Rush is probably oh, yes. one of my favorites oh, yes. to sing for sure. We have a buddy that uh, he used to play drums with that totally loves Rush too. It's it's a, and and it's funny because a lot of my go to is uh, and it's it's the new age Rush, Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> oh man, oh good, that is so new age parallel. Rush. That is so good new age Rush. Yeah, it's Josh, a, it, was Rush one of the bands that uh, Doctor Venture had Dean listen to? Because I know he had uh, King <laughs> oh, Crimson on there. <laughs> He, he had yeah. King Crimson. There was a whole stack of prog rock that he had. And he just he ruined his to. life. You're not ready for the court of the Crimson <laughs> King. He's, what did he, he say? He goes down. He went down a Floyd hole. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Help me, bro. Those are the best holes to go down. <laughs> He's just tripping. Oh, man. <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen in the live chat and listening out there in podcast land, if you haven't, go check out Venture Brothers. I guarantee you will love it. All of it's on HBO Max now. All seven seasons just got put on HBO Max. Very cool. Kelly's... Ooh, Kylie, the I, shade. I, I, I love this. That's when uh, I was talking crap about uh, Josh's yeah. music. Talking about his, yeah, being his girlfriend. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no, being his girlfriend is great. Um, wow. Whoa. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> was it, did anybody else hear the, wow. <laughs> like, I thought that. I, I thought totally, we were passing. Like, she was I'm playing. Re- like rehearing that in my head, and that sounded. Awful. <laughs> I feel like I was trying to segue into another sentence, and then just cut off, and it sounded real bad. Wow. So sorry. Okay, so we are looking for a new at Miss My Armcast. If you would like to apply to the position, follow me on Twitter at Sudden Butt. Wow, Kylie, I'm sorry. What were you saying before Josh was so emotionally cloven in Twain? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> cool. Honestly, Let's move past it. I fe- yeah, no, Venture I feel brothers. quite a. We were rude, talking Venture so. Brothers. No, you're, not, you're good. So here's the thing. I had mentioned that I'm I made remember about... this night. <laughs> Mostly because I'm going to cut it into I'm a promo. I'm on the couch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to remember Damn it because it's going to be on all our social medias for a week. So Use it as a I mean, it's his new intro, really. Um I, I did explain I had about eight notes for this pair of episodes because I was just so enthralled and immersed and ready to go. My next notes, you guys, are picks for segments. So let's throw it to Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Then we'll go Josh. Then we'll go Kylie. And then we'll close out with Phil. Is there anything you guys want to talk about before we get to our weekly segments? I'm good to go. Who's pedal? imagery through the entire two episodes was very interesting and awesome to me because because it connects pretty much everything full it's circle the first shot yes. of the first episode exactly yes. and it's which and it's i remember you pointing out and going i love this shot this is so cool and i was like josh is gonna fucking love this show I yeah. guarantee it so it's that that full circle effect again with you know Vicious and um, Spike coming back full circle, and then you're seeing Rose come back full circle. So yeah, I I really thought that was cool. Um, and like Kylie said earlier in the fun facts, um, there was no intro for the last episode, which a lot of times that's to save time. So they had a couple yeah. extra minutes of stuff to do, but they also didn't play the outro song. Um, they had those long credits. It was long credits with that like very choral mm-hmm. um, music. Oh, that was a cool song. Which too. it was a very Same cool one. song, and I really liked that. Instead of see a space cowboy, it says you're gonna carry that weight. That's the that's the Beatles reference. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I, I, you know just great. Awesome conclusion to this to this series. Um, a much better conclusion than the Firefly conclusion. Not <laughs> not movie aside. To be, I mean, I yeah. I wanted way more from that series yeah. than than we which, ever got. Which and and I know you're totally aware with the, of this, but was not conceived as a single season. And correct, get the yeah, proper yeah. chance. And I know that and you yes. know that. I know that. I could go get the books. I could, I, but I have enough Star Wars books that I read. I have a lore right. that I pay attention to. I yep. don't want to dive into another one at this point. But yep. 
But like, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the conclusion of this whole series. So I'm excited to to see the movie. So I I I have to just jump in really quickly because uh, viewers and listeners, I think everybody knows I've known Josh since the first day of first grade. Like, it's a long time. Okay. I am. This is one of my favorite experiences that I've ever had with you, Josh, because to be able to to know going in, I was like, "This is gonna be the one. Like, this will be the thing that he either is like, yes, we're officially down forever, or it's gonna be like he's like he's done with it, right? Like, he doesn't want to watch anime. Like, he's either into it after this, or he's sick of it." So to see you have jumped in the way that you did, like I was saying in that first episode, you're like. I love the visuals. I love this noir imagery. I love the black and white, this, that, and the other thing. And then for you to hold on to that, even through all 20, however many, 26 episodes, 14, 15, 16 episodes that we've done, is like, it deeply touches me because I know that you're not just turning on the TV right before our show and going, all right, let's watch this stupid show. Let me do this stupid <laughs> podcast. Like, you're you're enjoying it. And that matters to me yeah. because I love this show and that's why i wanted you guys to watch it and you know you in particular i know like i've said it's hard for us to take each other's suggestions because we've known each other for so long so to actually have something like this where you know i don't have to go i prefer star trek and you go yeah i know but i like star wars for us to be able to go yeah but can cowboy bebop right like <laughs> that's awesome dude i'm i'm really excited so and i think i think people can tell so let's Pass it to, I believe, Kylie, Kylie is next, and then we will go to Phil. Um, I just wanted to just touch on, I think that last scene with Faye and Spike was definitely very emotional. I think that was the first time where, like, you really saw Faye, like, yeah, like, just absolutely. Like, she usually tries to just shove it down and, like, no, she just let it loose. Um, And I think that the last thing I'd like to say about that is... I think that it was meant to and also worked out well that they uh, had a platonic relationship. Yeah. I think that, you know, maybe there is questions throughout the series like, oh, I wonder if this could develop kind of thing. But I think that that... Will they won't? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that last episode kind of showed that uh, she was... Huh? It was more of a family aspect. Yeah, yeah. And she was very... She was more upset about it, not because she was jealous of julia i think it was more because she was like dude you're gonna go die and like i came back here to be a family like you guys are my comfortable space and i'm gonna lose you and you suck like for her um, to say hey i'm finally letting my walls down maybe come hang out inside the walls you know and he's like yeah (laughs) no i'm not gonna take my own advice he's like dude he's like you're she's like your girl just died you're going to go run into this and you're going to die too for nothing because she's already dead. Why are you doing this? And then he just goes and does it anyway. So, Yeah. And that scene where he is, have you not ever fired your gun into the air and gone, ah, that scene where he's, you know, looking her straight in the face and he's like, look at my eyes, Faye. That scene paralleled in a, in a sort of uncomfortable way for me to the scene where Jet grabs her by the scruff of her collar. And he's like, hey, here's what's going on. I told him to leave because it's not my problem. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And she's like, yeah, no, I know I, I know that. And then he immediately softens and he's like, okay, so 
did he say where he was going? You know, like he 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 kind of gets like, okay, I probably went too far. I do appreciate though that he wasn't like he didn't physically grab her by the arms and like hold her against the wall and scream at her. He like got her attention and then immediately let go. You know, so my respect for Jet still fully intact, thankfully, um, despite his mental misogyny, which we know he has fair fairish justifications for from that character's point of view, right? So that was the last. That's a brilliant point, Kylie, to have. Faye kind of be the character that has had all these walls the whole series to suddenly be our emotional attachment to this episode is kind of a a reverse of what we're used to. Um, Phil, my friend, wonderful I, guest. I got two. Please expound. I got two. Uh, <laughs> first one is in the uh, opening bar fight uh, at the loser bar, which I love. <laughs> yeah, as a, as a bar I caught name. that. <laughs> I love that. Um, just Spike picking up the shaker from where it's fallen on the floor, too much taking a move. drink out of it. Definitely too much for me. <laughs> and then tossing it over as a distraction so that he can take a shot. I have that, that note uh. too. Uh, it's my first note. <laughs> Spike loves the little distraction throw. Cause he used it previously in the penguin episode. Yep. Yep. And he's done it. Oh, with, he's done it with other stuff. Like he'll, right, like when right, you say right. you trust your eyes too much, he'll move this hand and then hit you with the other hand. Close up magic, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All the cards just come pouring out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's part uh, of my illusion. The thing I had <laughs> on the uh, the other uh, the other one I had was uh, just. Spike tries to dual wield again, and it never <laughs> works out for him. I every time, every time we've seen him try to suddenly pull out a second pistol, he gets shot. <laughs> so he comes out of the elevator, has that second pistol in his left hand, and first thing that happens, first guy that he comes across. Now, that makes me wonder: is it the left eye that's fake? Uh, it's the right, I believe. So is it a depth perception thing? Right? Like, well, I guess it's probably not a glass eye so much as it is, like, probably a a bionic prosthetic. But, yeah, and he, what is that? Is that he just didn't put any um, experience points into two-handed weaponry or that he's just all... (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, he, when he, when he goes highly offensive with his attack, with his fighting style... When he stops trying to be like clear water, like water. <laughs> uh, when he stops trying to do that, he gets hurt. He didn't put enough points on the experience tree, and it's and level up that <laughs> side of it. <laughs> he's he's still missing that feat for dual. It's when he <laughs> doesn't <laughs> stick to his nature to that point. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. I hadn't when even he, considered that. Yeah, uh, when he switches weapons, uh, when he goes to the shotgun. Uh, instead of the pistol, Julia gets killed. Right. Mm. Despite his surgical precision with it for yeah, most no, of the time. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not saying he's not but it's, good. But you're right. Anytime that he but, acts outside of his nature or changes um, his process, something bad happens. And that's, that's a good point. Which was actually something I hadn't noticed until this watch through. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, and I didn't notice it until you said it. So I mean, it's the the 
multi-layered depths of this show. I mean, how many times would you say you've seen the series through, Phil? Uh, beginning to end, at least five. Yeah. Uh, plus bits and pieces uh, multiple times beyond that. So to still be pulling new stuff out of it, I mean, that's that's an yeah. indicator of quality <laughs> right there, I think. Uh, to be fair, I'm watching it a lot more analytically than I used to. Right. I th- And I so. think we uh, we probably are, too. I mean, I know I am. For Josh and Ricky, there, I, I feel like you guys have more work to do than we do because you're analyzing it as you're experiencing it, whereas I'm just like, oh, I love this thing, and it's so much fun. <laughs> um, and it all comes flooding back, right? And I could, I could just talk about how it makes me feel, but I, I, I feel like you guys have the harder position here um but that's that's deeply satisfying and very encouraging to me because i'm like i was saying i feel like i could just watch the show over again like we're going to so programming note for those of you in the live chat and for those of you listening in podcast land we're going to take a break next week and then we'll come back and we're going to watch the cowboy bebop movie and we're going to give our episode on that and then there will be a break between that and season three we haven't finalized the length of that break or the number of bonus episodes that will come out between seasons two and three, but we're in the process. So we got this covered. We'll have articles about all of their supposed leaks that they get about season three. I don't know if this is Josh testing to see if I listened to the most recent episode of the twist my arm podcast, but Josh, I listened to the most recent episode of the twist my arm podcast and I appreciate (laughs) you making mention of the fact that you used to use We Got This Covered as an actual (laughs) source until you realized it was entirely BS. Now, Uh, I also would like to address a point that you brought up on that show about narcissism. (laughs) I don't think that all podcasters are narcissists, but I think narcissism lends itself well to podcasting. And my narcissism doesn't come from actually thinking that, like, I personally am better than anyone on the screen or anybody that I meet. My narcissism surrounding this show comes from knowing that this show is really good. We have <laughs> we have people in our live chat that it, this is appointment viewing for them because they want to be part of our found family. You guys have been here every week, basically since the start of this year, to hang out with me and watch TV shows with me. That's where my narcissism comes from because I get to go. I have friends that are so cool that they will watch shows that I want them to watch and they will put on a show where we talk about it with me. I don't know how that could not make you feel confident and prideful, but it does. Oh, I do. I think I don't even remember what we were talking about. No, 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 no. I'm not. I am not criticizing you. I'm just clarifying for (laughs) anybody who's ever listened to us that thinks that we're full of ourselves. That if oh. we if we come across that way, it's because we feel like we've accomplished some pretty cool stuff, and we have a really cool family of people around us supporting us. So that's where our confidence comes from, and I just I felt like it might be worth it to address it. And uh, I, I, everything's all in in fun too. And Callie says, "Kitty cat," <laughs> she saw the cat when you were when buying the chat. <laughs> but that's my point. Like you thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. And I identified. Like, I knew that Spike was cool, right? But when Jet reminded us... How many different things are you drinking, Phil? <laughs> See, I am so sorry to interrupt, but like... He started out with the martini. telling you. Then it became mead. Uh, it was the, actually the, mead. The, the, the mug here is actually water. There are so many different cups. 
There's a stein of ale in there somewhere. <laughs> I've told you before, Kylie, Phil oh. is the coolest, uh, most intelligent person. Of course he has drink-specific Of course wagons. he would drink four different drinks. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool, he's got, he's got a cool little martini glass. And then I was like, oh, look, a and beer. And then there was, yeah, a tea. And I was like, oh, look, a mug. In this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, Sorry to interrupt. We got, we got a no, 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 you're cool. I, the, uh, got a martini. Because of the whole too much vermouth bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, got water in the mug. Uh, cider and Mountain Dew. <laughs> I love it. And That's amazing. The only you didn't really interrupt, Kylie. All I was saying was that I knew Spike was cool, <laughs> but I appreciated being reminded how cool when they said he's not a cat person. So, and <laughs> Callie says, to be fair. You did also interview the third Baldwin brother. That helps with the ego. Uh, again, to clarify, not a Baldwin. Yeah. He, his last name is Baldwin, but he is not a Baldwin Baldwin. He's a non-Baldwin He's a distant cousin. No, just because so, you look up I some think... stuff online that says these names are related doesn't mean that they are. I feel are like- Are you telling me that I'm not related to the McClouds? I'm Wait, not going to say that because I don't want to make any assumptions. Fox or Duncan? Okay, so first of all, Josh just ruined it. But no, Thank that you, was Ricky. like going back to a previous episode where we talked about the Scottish McClouds. Yes, yes it was. I'm, I picked it up, Kylie. I promise that I picked it up. I was there with you. I was like, oh, she's talking. It's okay. <laughs> Our friend Rosie in the chat backs me up. Not a Baldwin brother. No relation between Adam and the Baldwin brothers. Thank you, Rosie. I told you guys. And who would know best? Right. Rosie, Rosie would, would know best would. because she A, would. Rosie was in the movie, and B, she knows Adam. So, yeah. they're and, like tied or something. And Callie, I know that you know too, and I don't want you to feel admonished. I just wanted to clarify for the listening audience that we don't think we actually interviewed one of the Baldwin Baldwins. But if you'd like to go listen to Jane's pod, it does feature Adam Baldwin, Jane Cobb himself of Firefly fame. And it was a great episode. And thank you for giving us a chance to mention it, Callie, if I may. I deeply appreciate that. You. My friends, we're hitting about the two-hour mark right now. What do you say we jump into some segments? The first of which being Spiegelspiel. Spiegelspiel, of course, is where we share our favorite lines of dialogue from this week's episodes, even if they were not uttered by Mr. Spike Spiegel himself. Because it's the only polite way to go about things, let's have our guest Phil go first. If you'd like to give us your selections uh, both at the same time or however many you have, either way is fine with me because I know it's two episodes, but it's kind of just one big episode. So favorite quotes, Phil, take it away. All right. Well, from uh, session 25, uh, Spike's line to Julia in the flashback, I'll be waiting at the graveyard. By the graves, not in them. Yeah. <laughs> Just romantic slash hilarious. And, the, <laughs> yes. and to clarify. <laughs> and confident. <laughs> like he's he's saying It was like, yes, there's a chance I might die, yeah. but I won't right. die. He's like, I could die, but I am also the best. So we're meeting at the graveyard, but that's just the random spot I chose, not for any other underlying reason. <laughs> I promise there's no metaphor to figure out. But he does. I mean, St- Steve Bloom, like, the guy. He's so yeah, good. I mean, I, I've blushed on some of the lines throughout the series where Spike was too cool. I was just like, 
I'm kind of intrigued. <laughs> like, he's just so good. Go ahead, Kylie. Oh, no, no. I was, was just being Jesse. Oh, doing the... Doing the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quite, quite. I'm, I had to make my demure face <laughs> once or twice this, this season. Um, I... And uh, session 26, I, I got to throw it back, the, uh, the callback to uh, Sympathy for the Devil. Just that last line. Bang. Yeah. And he Tet. even that one word, it was like one word. Oh, I just yeah, I'm I'm gonna well, watch. How this could he not again. be cool even in the moment of his death? How yeah. can he not be the most suave debonair man? And <sighs> to that point, how ultimately cool that he and Vicious both fully understand the rules of the game, they throw each other their preferred weapons, then they have that. their showdown. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, Spike with a sword, that's so cool. But we've never seen Unnatural. him fight with a sword, and he might not know how to use that. I would much prefer him to have a gun. And then he gets a gun. So it's like, <laughs> now, also, that sword we've fight. We've seen him use a knife once. Right. and that, But that sword fight, where he's essentially using the trigger guard as like a cross guard to block sword blows was is pretty cool. So intense. And yeah. he's got he's got the uh they're doing the I don't know what the word is for it, but where yeah. they're locked, right? And they're just pr- pressing against each other and he's just firing bullets like inches from Vicious's face. I mean, if you go back and watch the first Matrix movie, the where they fall next to each other they're both pointing guns at each other's heads right and he goes you're empty and he goes so are you it gave (laughs) me that feeling of like this is just stylistically gorgeously immaculate the visuals here are pristine and they they speak to my soul (sighs) okay those are excellent picks well, and and again, that became kind of his signature line uh, for Steve Bloom. Because, yeah, he says it in other shows, right? He used it as his sign-off for the final episode of his original run on Toonami. I was going to say Toonami, yeah. As the voice mm-hmm. of Tom. He played Tom, yeah. Uh. Because, because Spike was like his, his debut. It was his debut yeah. anime yeah. role. And now That's he's so like cool. the guy. And then he's got the the sonic waveform uh, tattoo of bang of his uh, the the <laughs> image of his own voice saying bang. That's funny. So tattooed on his arm. So he's number one, and it's, so number two anime voice is Richard Cox. Do you know who that is? Yes. Okay. Cox. All right, all right. Yeah, he plays um. A, he Richard Cox is in like. So many different animes. I I could list them, and I'm sure you'd know what I talk about, Phil. But uh, yeah, Richard Cox is another good one. Steve Bloom. For me, it's all Sean Chamel and Chris Sabat. But um, Goku and Vegeta. I I I, I was that kind of kid growing up. Uh, <laughs> I've not had I a mean, chance me to too, meet either of them. I have met Richard Cox. I really? would love to meet Richard. Yeah, Cox. no, I, I'd be I, like, I, speak I met him to a me. Few years ago. Please just I'm talk. I'm so words. immature over here. I just keep hearing <laughs> Dick Cox. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. His name is totally Dick Cox. <laughs> Which is probably why. <laughs> Every time you say it, I'm just like, oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's probably why it. he goes by Richard. <laughs> that's awesome. 
<laughs> wow. Didn't mean to ruin that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no. Now I'm like, oh, anyway, who else has lines? Yeah. So, so I do. Let's, let's go to Josh and Kylie. Uh, whichever order the two of you prefer, go, go ahead and go in that order, and then we'll jump to Ricky D. I will go first because I do not have. Because any she might lines. as well just kick me while I'm down, right? Oh, no, oh my gosh, hush <laughs> your mouth. Um, no, I, I really, honestly, I wanted to open the floor for like the new um, viewers to pick stuff. So yeah, I appreciate Anywho. that. Josh. Oh, so you are letting me go? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> for uh part 1, we had already talked about mine. It was and it was I only I chose this because I connected them myself. And it was when the guy says what a foolish thing, um a fortune teller warns on the night of the red moon, the snake will slither and strike bearing its venomous fangs. I connected that with vicious saying and you will shed tears of scarlet. Um I feel like that's kind of where that was going. Um but I also just really like that you will shed tears of Scarlet. Like, that's such a freaking emo line. Like, of course on, you'd love it, Josh. Uh, I'm going to say that's a metal line when you're it's, dragging it's a, a katana a, across somebody's face. It's a screamo face. line. It's a screamo uh, line. No, I just, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will find you a song sorry. that literally no. says it's, it's tears of Scarlet. <laughs> it's metal. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm sure he could sing it to you right now. I, I you know, prefer anyway. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so for part two, um, I chose Annie's line. Oh. Everyone, they've lost their place in the world like kites without strings or tails. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, I wrote that one down too, but it was just. I think that one. I don't know. Kind of hit me the hardest. I think her death actually hit me harder than anybody else's. Even though everybody pretty much died. Um, you know who hers, she reminds hers me was, of? Hmm. Um, what's her face in um? Oh my God, Adam Sandler movie, Mr. Deeds. Oh, the what? Oh, the what are you trying to kick me in the nuts, dummy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that chick, that's totally her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. yeah, I think isn't. Uh, it's probably something generic like Bertha or something. Dude, I was totally going to say Bertha. But <laughs> the, uh, the actress they picked for Annie in the live action series, excellent choice. Great. Oh my yes. God, if it's the it same is. chick, that'd be awesome. If you wouldn't mind looking that up, Josh, because I feel... Got it. Thank you. I feel terrible to bring that up and not be able to tell people the name of the actress, which you're yeah. about to do. Give me, give, me just a, give me just a second here. I'm a, I'm still on part one over here. This my is bad. A segue. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. We'll get there. So while Josh is looking that oh, up, it's Anastasia. I forgot. I, oh, her real name is Anastasia. It's not just Annie. It's Anast- Anastasia. And it is Anastasia. Carol Stanzione. Stanzione. Stanchion. Stanchione. Stanchion. You'll recognize her when you see the photo. Um, it's not oh. a it's not a name that I recognize, but I did recognize the photo. Oh, wow. She's in, so, she's in a lot of movies. She oh, tons of stuff. So Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, assuming that all of your choices have not been pilfered, my friend, and I apologize. Do you have any selections left for Spiegelspiel? I do still have one very Excellent. good one. It is when Faye is trying to keep Spike from going back down there and fighting the Red Dragon Syndicate, and Spike replies, re- yeah, replies with, "I'm not going there to die." I'm going to find out if I'm truly alive. Uh, that was a very powerful quote. And again, one of those lines said 
with a little less gravitas, with a little less confidence, with a little less bitchin' coolness, that line just comes across <laughs> as dumb. But because it's expertly, perfectly delivered, it comes across like a freaking freight train. Like, man, I gotta know where this is going. And then, of course, we get that that execution. So, excellent, excellent pick. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. I want to just really quick, um, <laughs> the lady that plays Annie, we're just going through her whole filmography. And mm-hmm. it's great. It's got, and it's you got guys the have seen every movie. And... She's in... <laughs> no, 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 no. A lot it's of just, them. <laughs> it's just got some good stuff. But She's in the big O. Most notable mention. Uh, she was in uh, Eminem E, um, uh, an Eminem story apparently. So that's yeah. A, um, but but no, she's, she's in a lot of popular animes for sure. Yeah, I just wanted. We were talking about the Big O earlier, and yep. uh, she's also she's in, the in Ghost, in the, Ghost in the Shell. So yeah. Ah, oh, which uh, she's Android Ricky, Kikater. I think you'd also enjoy. Oh, Ricky D would love. I have the, the live action Ghost movie. Yeah. No. No. Ricky D. I, well, I have the original <laughs> anime movie Ghost in the Shell on Blu-ray, and I would love to let you borrow that anytime. I liked I liked the live action it's too. It's so good. That's, oh, I like the live action too. That's as well. fine, but I, I, I didn't personally anime, need so no Ricky reference. D to watch the anime version. So that's just where we're coming from with that. Uh, if you got, is it okay if I, if I go now, Ricky? Did you have a second uh, selection? I am good to go. Oh my gosh, I was pretty sure there was no way that we would get to the end of this and I would still have quotes that hadn't been said. Um, Faye's description of Julia is... I almost cried oh. when she said it. Like, I don't I, I couldn't even tell you why in the moment. Um, but she said... He says, so what kind of woman is Julia? This is right after he pulled her up by the scruff of her neck and was screaming in her face. Then he goes, okay, so if we're going to lose Spike, what kind of woman are we losing Spike to? She goes, she's the kind of dangerous, beautiful, ordinary that you just can't leave alone. And it was like, buddy, <laughs> that is identifiable. I think a lot of people have had people in their lives where they go, this person is not good for me. Uh, I'm going to probably spend some time with them anyway. Or... I am going to do thing X against my better judgment, or I'm going to attempt to make some totally whacked out contrived version of reality function for my life, despite knowing that this is a bad setup. So for me, that description of Julia as just that, that trap, right? That, that there are some things that are so essential to who you are that you cannot escape them. And for Spike, that was how that was Julia. She was his missing piece. Without her, he's like, okay, now for the first time ever, truly, whatever happens, happens. Because I've always said that, but now I'm resigned to fate. Because she's gone. The piece of me that I was missing can't be gotten back. So I just, I really love that line. And I I do really love, you're going to carry that weight. And it made me wonder... Do you guys think, and Phil, maybe you know, I mean, if anybody knows, you know, was the creator of the series, was he, did he have some 
guilt or some weight or some thing that the creation of Cowboy Bebop was meant to excise from him. Because I know like for like with Neon Genesis, for example, the creator of that show has said, this show was very cathartic for me to make. It was therapeutic. I used it to grow. I used it to become a better person, you know, as I was making it. Do you know if there was any of that going on with this? Because to end the whole series on that line, you're going to carry that weight. Seems like a hell of a decision to have almost no clarification for other than a retrospective viewing of the of the show up to that point, right? So do you know, was there anything in the creation of it that might have led to the, the choosing of that as a as a final sting? Beyond just the, the musical connection to right. it? Uh, uh, like Kylie said, it, it's the, the last of the, uh, Abbey road. It, uh, it was, uh, just kind of the sense of finality to it. And it's, so it's like him promising this is it. Yeah. Not, you know, if they'd ended it with, you know, the sea is space cowboy. Right. We, what would, what else would we have expected? We're waiting for another season or yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, just doing. I mean, it's not the only time the series, the episodes end with a different line, but... right? But I think it might be the most um, poignant, significant departure. Yeah, definitely, because the last time we did get a departure was sort of implying that there might be more to Ed's story. Right? We'll see mm-hmm. a space cowgirl somewhere someday, somewhere, maybe someday. And yeah, mm-hmm. to have this be on the other side of that is that's that's a brilliant point, and I'm glad that I asked you because I wouldn't have picked that up. So I think that leads us into our second weekly segment, which is shot of the show. Shot of the show, as you know, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's episodes, the moments that hit us just a little harder than the rest. I have a confession to make. I don't have any shot of the so shot of the show selections this week because I feel like every frame in these two episodes is designed to be taken together. You have to, like, from beginning to end, there's no wasted shots. There are no wasted frames. It's 100% perfect pacing, in my opinion. So I, for me, that makes it impossible to choose. That having been said, let's open up the floor to our guest, Phil, for your favorite shots from this week's episodes, my friend. All right. Well, here we go. From uh, from part one, uh, we have this shot of Spike and Shin. They are behind oh, the God, bar. Uh, yeah, you're okay. Uh, we've got Spike and Shin behind the bar and just the beautiful perpendicular angle uh, of their lines of fire. It's just, it's an incredibly well shot sequence. And just the the lines of it are gorgeous. The way they are just instinctively covering each other's uh you know each other's li- each other's blind spots they're just they've never met before this in or or they've met before but it's been years years to the point where you know spike barely remembers that you know lynn's brother was also part of the syndicate oh hey you know they've never fought together but suddenly just immediately in sync like that and they they have the <laughs> My hair currently disheveled and red reminds me of Ed. Appropriate timing in the live chat. Again, I love everybody in our live chat. Now, to your point, Phil, yes, it's like these guys are not, or 
rather we're not familiar with this this new character but we are immediately mm-hmm. shown he's a consummate professional on roughly the same level as spike on yeah bar. like he yep. maybe obviously nobody's as cool as spike but he's got a similar set of skills and you know that sort of a thing and the professionalism kicks in when it needs to I that moment where he came out of the elevator and we saw him again, dude. I I swear I put my hands in the air. I was like, yes, like so excited to have some help here, and and to feel that way about a character we've known for arguably fifteen seconds is pretty impressive. For I mean, the show. Yeah, did no, it, he yeah. he spends he spends all of about a minute to a minute and a half on screen. And you're like, I love him. In the entire two part yeah. thing. He's he's the uh, he's the Monty. Of of Cowboy Bebop <laughs> with no soup catcher. Uh, did you have a? Did you I have a selection? Say, Go ahead, Josh. Uh, just so that shot was from the six minute and three second mark on Hulu. Oh right. Um. Yeah. And uh, and then this one here. The DVD. The DVD had that first one at five minutes and forty three yeah. seconds. We were we've run into the different formatting thing. I think one other time. Because I think Cameron watched yeah. on Amazon, but yes. Uh, so did yeah, you had, and that's that's why I've always tried to give you the description <laughs> of the frames in perfect. addition to the time codes. Because yeah. we honestly do that with each other, even when we're all watching on the same platform. So <laughs> you you fit right in with our process. Yeah. It was perfect. Yep. And then this one is from session twenty six. This is at again on the DVD seventeen minutes and thirty seconds. Seventeen fifty on Hulu. It's twenty seconds apart. Basically, it was really easy to figure out your shots once I figured out the timing <laughs> of the difference. There you perfect. go. Once you had that differential yeah. down. Yeah. Thanks, Ricky, for that. But just the uh, <laughs> the blur in Spike's vision after he's finally fought his way to the top floor of this building. He's finally made it to Vicious. He finally, you know, goes to draw a bead on him. And his vision goes blurry. And it's oh, frustrating. <laughs> and that's the word yeah. for it. Because yep. if this were a one-on-one it's... fight where Spike and Vicious were just placed in the same room, this goes down a whole other way. But yeah. because Spike had chose to go through a hundred dudes to get there, I mean, <laughs> damn, Spike. <laughs> all those minions taking down his HP. Yeah. And... Making him use all, all his all health his potions. potions. Yeah, I think I think Spike wanted just... to die at that point. He was like, I know that I'm gonna go through all these people and get injured and then eventually die. If he didn't go through all those people and just Naruto ran up the side of the building, <laughs> then like just bring the swordfish in through yeah. the roof. Just... <laughs> yeah. Then he would have just wrecked that fool. But again, that's you're right. He had to go through all the henchmen. So there's there's a weird bit of nobility mm-hmm. in that. Um, but yeah, I just, I loved the idea of him getting, you know, just finally seeing the exhaustion that he's feeling, finally seeing it from his perspective and the, the way they were able to animate that was just beautiful. And to see Vicious suddenly out of frame, like a split Mm -hmm. second later, which, you know, indicate you, you lose focus for one second and this is how this fight will go. Now to your point about the strange nobility, it's almost as though Spike is going, okay, Vicious, you worked you worked your way up to the top of the crime <laughs> mm-hmm. syndicate. You have earned the position of sitting atop the tower with all of the underlings. I will do you the courtesy of slaughtering all of them on the way to kicking your ass because that's how this goes down. And because you went to all the trouble of 
getting to sit on top of the tower, it's only right that I go to all the trouble of tearing that tower down brick by brick. And (laughs) And taking out all of Vicious's loyalists along the way. And then as soon as he's dead, everybody left is just like, did he just uh, uh, did he just kill Vicious? Like, <laughs> what do we even do now? <laughs> like that dude just killed Vicious. Shit, guys, that's like twice in two days that all of our bosses yeah, have like, died. That's really I bad. Quit. Yeah, right? I quit. Like... I'm I'm gonna go work <laughs> at McDonald's. Next? I'm done. Yeah, right? Like our business is honestly, I hate it here. They are so weird. <laughs> our business is almost not diversified at all. You guys, it's just crime. So God damn it, we Phil. need to change our portfolio up. <laughs> Uh yeah I yeah I that's excellent excellent choice for shot of the show. Let's toss it to Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What are your picks for shot of the show, my friend? Yeah, I was really happy with this first one. Oh. Uh this is where Julia is tearing up the note that Spike gave her, and she's th- she tears it all up and she throws it out the window. And it looks to me like she's scattering his ashes or scattering the ashes of maybe their memory or Ooh. their relationship or something like that. Uh, that's what it struck leave me that, as. Leave that shot up, Josh. Ricky D, picture Spike falling backwards amongst all those shards of torn paper. Same shot as uh, Ballad of Fallen Angels, the, mm-hmm. where he's yeah. falling backward mm-hmm. through, the chor- through the church window. If Spike is in this frame, that's the same shot. Hmm. Pieces of his life pieces of his past shattering yeah i that's a great shot ricky d wow yeah, yeah i would look at the tv and those little pieces were falling down I'm like this is the one this is the one did you have a second one Excellent. or was that literally the one i uh i do have another one uh for the second episode uh, 15 minutes and 11 seconds in when uh spike is kind of mounting the steps to go in there and just <laughs> kill everybody in that building <laughs> I mean, Jesse said said it very well. Almost anything could have been taken from these last eight minutes of the show or whatever. But I really like this. He's just on the precipice right here, and he's going to go in, and he's going to have to just kill every person in he's there. He's about to cross the line. It's the threshold yep. moment. Ricky D, wonderfully cinematic choices this week, my friend. Putting that film school degree to use, right? Or wait. Film oh, yes. history. What was it? You, did you say you said film film, film studies. studies? Thank you. Sorry. Film yeah. studies. So let's toss it over to Josh and Kylie. If your shots have not all been pilfered, uh, in whatever order you prefer, I'm fine with either way. Go ahead. Well, uh, let's have Kylie go first. She only had one, so let's have that one go. Oh yeah, I really like this one. Is when he the you know he's ki- vicious is killing the elders and basically this guy just like pukes blood and I thought it was great. <laughs> Boom! It took so, me a minute to get that shot. Oh, well, it's like for a split second. Oh, I, ca- I couldn't like get blood puke. Yeah, it's yeah. That'd be a great song. Blood, blood, blood puke. <laughs> oh wait, we already wrote yep. that. One. Good song. The amount of times I heard black <laughs> trying to get the perfect shot. Was, was pretty... Just catch that one frame. Every time. <laughs> Blah. <laughs> oh, pause. Blah. Oh, pause. So it's a hard one, but uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. I don't know. I don't know if it was the same episode, Phil. But when William Murderfakes t- takes off his boots and he goes, "These feet," st- and then just pukes like halfway through the word "steak." Like that was yeah. 
That was like the first thing I thought of when you said that. I was like, oh my gosh. If we ever make a Metalocalypse podcast, I'm bringing Phil with for that. Uh, Phil uh, might start. His I own. would love to guest on that if you I, do that. Me though. too. I I have I've seen Death Clock in concert oh, four times. I missed nice. them. I missed them at CSU by like eight minutes. Like I so feel like I was, my whole junior yeah. year that was like my ringtone on my cell phone was the. Go Death into Clock the water is a legitimately good song. I don't know. I mean, a lot of Death Clock songs are legitimately good songs, but so fun, so fun. Anyways, oh yeah. we digress. <laughs> Massively. Oh no! Oh, well, just drop it. It's okay. <laughs> None of it is falling on camera, and yeah, it seems we like we can't see anything, yeah. but we can hear it all. Seems like you're yeah, still alive. Yeah, I think the martini glass might have just died. <laughs> oh no! On cam, on live TV. But, you know, hey, uh, yep. can't make anything yeah, up for that one. Glasses. Whatever <laughs> happens, happens. So, oh man! If that means that a martini no, glass the, uh, goes, oh, you can still <laughs> drink out of it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just still good. Now it's just stemless. That's even classier, actually. Uh, that's all right. I have another idea. Now you have one. to finish the cup before you put it down. That's what's it makes it even more fun. <laughs> Get wrecked. Oh, uh, what I was what I was trying to grab that I uh, pulled you know the martini glass down with the uh, headphone cord is. Uh, hang on. Uh, camera, camera, where we go? Oh, oh nice. Cute. I love it. Little face bones. <laughs> I love face bones. Face bones. Oh, my goodness. Ladies we'll and gentlemen in the live chat <laughs> or in podcast land, if you have not watched Metalocalypse, do yourself, do yourself a favor. <laughs> so, I believe that means we are on J- Josh. Yes, correct. And my first shot, um, I so I watched really early today, and I sent a message to our chat this morning that said first and just immediately sent my shots of the show. And then <laughs> Phil sent his shots in and I was like, Nope, I am. That is my shot. <laughs> nope. And the reason I like this shot I so can't much even be mad. is it's such a Batman shot. It's such a detective, like looking over your shoulder but not looking over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. This is this is something that I do. I find reflections in things all the time, and I felt a personal connection to Spike for like looking into the glass to see the reflection of someone that's standing behind you because you think you might have heard something creak, and I I just really really appreciated this shot for and sure. And she doesn't think that Spike saw her. She's right. like, how did he? S- oh. Because then she right. sees her own reflection in the glass. Yeah. And that's right. yeah, a nice little subtle nod to Spike's eyes and the way that he notices details yep. different than everybody else. That's a great pick, Josh. Right. I, I, I just really enjoyed that shot. Um, and then my other shot from the second, well, the second part um, is the scene where I th- the John I Woo, Julia Falls, the, the John, John Woo shot. Now, yeah. now, did John um, Wu literally steal this shot? Like, is this where he got it? Because it's possible. I mean, it's slow mo. There are white doves. There was a. I feel like Wu started making movies after this, right? Mission Impossible Two oh, no. came out like the year after this, didn't it? Now he's probably been making films since before that, so it's okay, possible okay. that this is Hard actually boiled, an homage on. to him, right? Hard Boiled came out in 1992. There okay. you go. Okay. So this might nice. be one of the first instances where we can actually recognize a direct influence from before this into this, whereas normally what we're seeing are Cowboy Bebop 
influences in stuff that has come out more recently. I just yeah. I yep, love no. our podcast. Sorry. <laughs> this is definitely the best shot of um, part two. I, I personally, I, I thought, I guess, um, just the even the slow motion of it, everything happening at this exact moment was just perfect. Um, and yeah, I, and I, shot. I can't say much more. It's just it's just a great shot of kind of Spike's life being summed up into you know all this. this I, Loved it. This beautiful composition right here with the perfectly center framed, you've got the slant balance is 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 perfect. The gray and white black balance is perfect. <laughs> and then the next shot is very unceremonious uh Julia's face hitting the face. concrete. Yeah. yeah. And and it's just Oh, and the noise it makes too is very—it's uh, brutal. Yep. It's brutal. It's de- very dead it's body realistic. weight on the concrete. Yes, yep. yeah, and it's—it's it's, usually when we come out of those slow motion John Woo shots, it's to like something really cool or something badass or like the hero just won, right? Not here. It's oh, he has no more ties to this world, yeah. and yep. you know. It's it's that age old trope of what happens when a good man goes to war. A good man destroys everything in front of him when he comes to war because he does not go to war without good reason. Excellent, excellent choice, Josh. And and to your point, somebody had to choose it. Like it couldn't yeah. not be brought up for this. Segment. Yeah, agreed. I was kind of worried. That's why th- this shot is why I sent out first this morning. <laughs> It wasn't the the reflection. I was like, nobody's going to pick this one. I was like, yeah. there's no way someone's going to pick this one. But everyone's going to try and pick the dove one. I have to yeah. claim my, my shot right now. So, yep. <laughs> Josh Josh has never been first uh, in the chat, ladies and gentlemen, because he... <laughs> or in life. Oh! oh. Thank you. Ricky! Damn, what is, what is this? Just slam on Josh night? Damn, Kylie's denouncing her love for me, and you're just telling me that I'm always last. I didn't denounce my love. I just said it was hard being your girlfriend. (laughs) No, no. What you said was being his girlfriend is great. (laughs) (laughs) Ricky D, at least, is like, you know, a good-natured ribbing in the head. I'll have you know I finished first a lot in Call of Duty, okay? (laughs) Here's, Here's... I don't. Wow. Okay. Let me. Uh, Everybody hates me. Let me re- let me recover. Oh, Josh is not usually first in the live chat because he takes the time to make sure all of the levers that need to be pulled for this show to function live are getting pulled, which means that usually right up to the start of the show, he's pulling our shots and getting th- things ready for us and setting things up and videos and things like that, which we all deeply appreciate and literally could not do the show without. So thank you, Josh. And of course. that's why it kind of felt fair to just let you have your picks this week. You did get them <laughs> first. And I mean, it's like the week that I went first. I was like, this is great. I'm going to go first. I felt weird the next week. But I mean, every <laughs> once in a while, it's okay to switch felt up. dirty. Yeah. <laughs> now, normally we would give episode ratings here. Um, <laughs> it's okay, Callie. I, it's, I can handle it. <laughs> she <laughs> says, Kylie, you're not making it any better. Uh she says, I really want to help you, Josh, but it's too funny. Sorry, you're on your own, but we very much appreciate having you. Callie speaks for all of us, Josh. Normally, like I said, we would write the episodes, but I don't want to do that. 
I want to ask Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Give this series a rating from 1 to 10. 10 not necessarily being perfect, but 10 being I will put this show into my staple of rotational rewatches in the future going forward. One being I'm probably not going to watch the show ever again, but, I, you know, whatever. 8.3. I like it. 8.3. So I'm going to translate that to what I assume means there are episodes of this you definitely want to watch again. It doesn't mean that every time you go to watch through, you're going to watch every episode in a row, but there are pieces that you're like, eh, I'm in the mood for, say, a mushroom samba today. I'll go throw that on. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Pretty much, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm definitely never going to watch it with the intenseness that we did for this. I'm not going to be, you know, I feel like I'm probably going to watch it while I'm poking at my phone and doing that kind of thing, which will probably lead to more rewatches. Right. But, yeah. I like it. Um, Josh, if I could have you kind of do the same exercise. Um, it's a very interesting uh, um, strategy. It's a very bold strategy, Cotton. Uh, thank you. Let's see if it pays oh, off. God damn it. Chuck Norris. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming that you're doing this because all of us are rating this episode a 10, right? And you didn't want to give me the the satisfaction of playing the Rasta horn for a perfect 10 episode, <laughs> which I understand that is fine. Um, I will... Man, as far as like rewatching it again, to be honest, like I... I watch a lot of stuff, and I like to watch a lot of new yeah. things. I I would say, as far as me watching it again, I would probably give it like a six. Yeah. Um. And and the main reason I watch it again is because the live action comes out, and I'm gonna watch the live action show, and then I'm gonna watch this again to compare to see the differences and and see what's you know what's new and and what's what's the exact same like, and I'm. I'm especially excited to watch the live action version because of how much we've dissected this show. Right. Um, and I, and I already kind of know a lot of stuff like, like a lot of our lines and shots of the show I think are going to be used in the live action as well. And, and you best believe that I'm going to be pulling those shots oh, and yeah. putting them side by side from our shots of the show and putting them on the interwebs to, to show that so, we are just as good as the filmmakers that are making this live action series. I would like to agree with Josh. I'm also what? very excited. Oh. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> it's going down right now. Uh, I'm also very excited about the live action show coming out. And if it weren't for us going through this experience, it wouldn't even be on my radar. Yeah. So sure. I, I went from not even cowboy what, huh? to oh there's a live action one coming out november here it comes yeah yeah for I'm sure excited I'm waiting for it. for it all right <laughs> um but i mean as all far right. as like me sitting down and, and watch it i don't you know if i'm gonna watch something like to put in the background it's gonna be pawn stars every single time or the office <laughs> every single time because i, I regret <clears throat> i regret agreeing with josh yeah, it's okay <laughs> <laughs> i'll cut it out in post and we'll change but, the whole. thank you but yeah. I, like you know I, I probably, you know, one of these days when I'm trying to maybe introduce it to someone again, I'll, I'll go watch it, you yeah. know, because it's definitely something that I will promote to other people and that I will, you know, I'll have memories of this for a long time. Um, so to me, it sounds like you feel really positively about the show. It's just that you're not immediately like, I have to watch it all again right now. 
Right. So right. I'm going to go ahead and bump your rating up to a seven then because six feels weird to me. That, that's, that sounds <laughs> fine. You know, and you know, I let's, appreciate that. Let's, let's make a 7.8. You just, know what? Just Let's call it a seven point eight, and we'll throw another point on five there to call it an eight point three, and we'll just say everybody gave it an eight point three. Like perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we round up. That's jazz, my friends. That's how jazz works, right there. If you don't know how jazz works by the end of this show, you did something wrong. Um, I will correct you both though, and say Phil and I know that if you're going to introduce non-anime fans to non-to anime, this is the show you use, which makes it a ten. Um, but <laughs> I asked you guys because I wanted to know, like how how much it actually impacted you and i honestly I, I feel like you both have given me a gift with how much you've enjoyed this show because i was like there's a chance they're they're gonna get to the end of it and be like yeah it was tropey it was this and whatever but to hear that you both actually had a great time really means a lot to me and phil i can't thank you enough for just for first of all for being here with us tonight and providing such wonderful in-depth analysis that none of us would even grasp if it weren't for you. But beyond that, Phil is very frequently in our live chat, watching Sudden But Inevitable, listening to Sudden But Inevitable, helping us with stuff we can't remember live as it's happening. I just, you guys, I I'm, I love Sudden But Inevitable. It's my favorite podcast. It literally is. And, and to get to be the host of it and to have you guys in it with me is the coolest thing about this podcast. And I can't wait for season three. Now, all of that having been said, we've been talking for about two hours and 40 minutes. This is our longest show by a bit right now. I think we should probably wrap it up. It's Friday night. Everyone here has jobs and families and things that we have to do. In lieu of big shouts for the bounty hunters, I would like to personally say one more time, thank you to Phil Krogmeyer for being with us and for being just the most wonderful, supportive, educated, knowledgeable fan. Phil's the best. I want to say, thank you for having me. Of course, we get filled for free at SBI. We're gonna make a T-shirt for you, Phil. We're working on it. I want to say thank (laughs) you to Callie D in the live chat. Thank you for waking up at four thirty every morning for the last nine months to hang out with us live every week. That's mind-blowingly cool. And you are what keeps us in the air when we ought to fall down. Same goes for your mother, Rona D, who's also in the chat. How crazy is that? We have whole actual families here hanging out with us. <laughs> Rosie, I love you. And if I talk to you directly too much, I'm going to cry. So I'm just going to say thank you for being you. And thank you for always supporting everything that we do, even ancillarily. Like, if we went on a random podcast and said, hey, Rosie, go listen to that podcast, not only would she do that, she'd probably go buy their shirt and recommend them on Twitter and, like, download every episode they ever made she is the most supportive amazing wonderful genuine caring heartfelt person and rosie we love you thank you so much for being with us you are the first shepherd of shine and we will never ever ever forget that beyond that i don't have anybody else to shout out except the people here on the screen with me josh kylie ricky d you guys short and sweet for you you guys know i love you i'm gonna leave it at that if there's anything that you guys feel like you have to say, please say it now because we should sign off as soon as we possibly can. Nothing here. Just it's been a great, you know, season and it's been a lot of fun. And thanks to Jesse and everybody else who has fun with us. Yeah, I I can't thank you guys all enough for uh, for doing this with me. Um, it's 
I tried to do a network thing a long time ago with with Twist My Arm, and it didn't really pan out the way it was supposed to. But um, this last year has been an incredible ride, um, a great a great journey with with you, Jesse, with Ricky, with Phil, with Chip, with Roy, with you know everyone involved in in this network. Um, Kylie, with you coming along to me, dragging you over here to these podcasts, like. It's been it's been great. It's a dream come true for sure, and I can't thank you guys enough for helping me fulfill that. And uh, I am excited for many more episodes and podcasts to come. They are coming, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Have you got anything else for this week, my friend? Uh, Phil, I miss you and I love you. Likewise, man. We need to get Phil on more shows. I think that's Indeed. I think that's something probably do yeah let's let's do that i for the sudden but inevitable rebop have been your host jesse i'm philip you can find me at flip rider this is ricky d from best flicks with ricky d this is kylie and this is josh see you space cow folk thank you for listening to the sudden but inevitable rebop Follow us on Twitter at SuddenBud. Follow us on Instagram at SuddenButInevitablePodcast. Or go to TwistMyArmPodcast.com slash SBI to get everything all in one place. The Sudden But Inevitable Rebop is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. So soft, so thick.